Sound, talk radio. Yes, talk radio. So boring, man. Gives it to Tangay. Tangay! Take the shot, keeps going. Pass comes out! Friday, January 7th, 2022. Mm. It's a rare, rare, as they might say, uh, episode of the Laced Up Hockey Podcast. Um, And the first of this uh, lovely New Year. Happy New Year, man. Yeah, the years just keep on coming and they don't stop coming, eh? Uh, I am Brutes Pataglia of the High Button, of High Button Sports. I still never really know what the website's called at the beginning of the show. For some reason, I seem to screw it up every time. It's okay, man. Um, everyone has COVID, so no one's listening to us. See, yeah. I would argue it's the opposite in that everyone's listening now because no one can do anything uh, outside their homes. So uh, you're looking for entertainment, and I guess where it potentially? I don't know. Oh, maybe. Is that why? Is that how you want to spend your your last fleeting moments of sanity? Um, <laughs> well, you're here. You're here listening to it. So I guess I guess the answer is answering itself, isn't it? See, but well, okay, but I <laughs> see me listening to you yammer on, and then me myself yammering on back toward you is different than me sitting in my house listening to the two of us yammer at each other. Like I think me being involved in insanity doesn't make it quite as crazy as it would be listening to it or maybe it makes it more i don't know it's really one of those debate like shutter island am i the patient or am i the cop um it's hard to say on that one what do you think the genealogy is on the word yammer is that like a is that a hebrew thing or um as someone who takes pride in knowing a lot about linguistics i have no idea but i am googling it uh yammer Origins, I guess, is what we're looking for here. Uh, just, I don't hear it, it very is a often mixture of Old English and Dutch. Oh, it's Old English and Dutch. Uh, comes from the Old English word uh, "g." I don't know. I'm. I don't know. To lament. I don't. I don't really know how to pronounce the particular right. word. Right. Uh, but it comes from the Middle Dutch uh, "yammeren," which somehow I surprised I knew how to pronounce that better than I did the Old English term. Uh, but yeah. Yammer is uh, a mixture of uh, European languages, I guess. I gotta tell you, the the Dutch continue to surprise us. Um, they're like the last the last place I think of, but they've done so much. So good for them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Good for the Dutch, I guess. Um. How you doing, man? How you How you feeling? Well, well fine. I guess is how we should start off because. Uh, 
I'm sure that people know the difference at this point, four seasons in, to what it sounds like when you and I are in the same room, uh, and what it sounds like when you and I are on Zoom, and uh, we are on Zoom tonight because someone uh, was a bad little boy, I guess. I, um, I'll push back on that a little bit. Um, I've been nothing but an angel. Uh, right. Um, following all the rules very closely, but... Right. No, um, you know, it's, uh, safety precaution is, is how I'm gonna, gonna phrase it. Um, came into some exposure territory and, uh, want to just, you know, keep everybody, uh, keep everybody safe, you know? Take sure. No risks. Sure. Nothing lost, nothing gained, or nothing gained, nothing lost, or well, however that saying goes that the I'm assuming the Dutch came up with. Yeah, and I don't know it's necessarily true in this situation. Uh, certainly nothing gained. Uh, definitely some losses on this one for you, I would say. But uh, the good news is you don't seem to. Uh, you're not currently symptomatic of COVID, but you you don't know that you necessarily do or don't have it. I guess is where you're at, right? Right, yeah, that that's just it. We we did yeah. get some good news uh, this afternoon. Um, a member of the household was able to get a hold of a test, and that came back uh, ne- negative or or positive. Like negative it, it was for a positive. Outcome. Negative for them or negative for you? Ne- negative for them. Okay. Uh, so are you have you taken one yet? No, no. Um, okay. One of those things where I guess uh, we're not supposed to do that anymore, says the government. So unless you've got uh, yeah. like symptoms or something, you're you're just supposed to hunker down and push forward. So I, I if I had to work this week, I would have had to have uh, taken a test to go back to work. But uh, sure, <clears throat> place got shut down. So yeah, yeah, nowhere to be. Yeah, I uh, I took my first rapid test on Tuesday. Um, which for me is sort of shocking. Like, obviously I was quite careful in the early days, but I, uh, you know, I'm vaccinated now, so I'm not quite as, uh, conscientious of it, I guess. But, uh, I, I just was like kind of surprised while I was taking it that I haven't really been in a situation, particularly over the last four months where I've really needed to take one until then. I was like, wow, I, I did pretty good. I think, you know? Yeah, I had a, a close scare at uh, the uh, school I was teaching at and uh, yeah. had to take a rapid test then, and that was fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I've, I've gotten like a little paranoid with those, those rapid tests now. I've, it's like Ooh. half a dozen people I know now that have taken them and then gotten like a, a negative result, and then like 24 hours later, it's like, oh yeah, no, you, uh, you definitely are positive. So, yeah. Hard to tell. Yeah. And I don't really know what them too. Like, do you know? Are there different types of rapid tests, or do we kind of all just take a standardized ver- like a, a a different version of like a standardized one? You know what I mean? Yeah, I would. I would like different manufacturers is what you're saying, but like the same like yeah, like it's the same basic test, nope, right? Because like because like, I yeah. don't think there's a rapid test for COVID, as far as I understand. As far as I understand it, we take a rapid test for like. Uh, viral antigen is more protein, so what isn't it, it is, right? Yeah. Oh. For protein? For pro- some sort of, there's a protein that they carry in them that's proton. special for the little bug that's inside of you? Yeah. 
science. That might, that might not be the word. Bill, I don't know. Bill, There's Bill, nothing I Bill. know less about than uh, than science, um, which is why I spend all my time on Facebook talking about vaccinations. No, like I, I don't, I don't know. Like I, that, that's been my sort of understanding is just that it's basically testing to see if there's anything wrong with you, and then if you test positive in that test, they were saying that was when. Anyway, of course, now we don't believe in the in the PCR testing for some reason, but we, uh, that was when it was like, oh, you need to go to the health unit to get a real test because there's something a little fishy, and that's when you would go in the health units like, oh, you you have COVID, or you don't have COVID, and those were the choices. <laughs> Uh, it says here you've got herpes, sir. I don't know how that uh, how that happened, but <laughs> you've net tested Pictures. negative for COVID. But uh, I don't know. There's a Norm Macdonald <laughs> bit in there somewhere. I ended up blowing. I got a I, I got a grocery there. list of uh, problems <laughs> that we should talk about while while well, uh, while you've got a second. If you wouldn't mind testing me for these other things, and, yeah. I was talking I to Norm a friend McDonald. who. Uh, who is just uh, just ending, I guess, her her COVID period, and uh, she was she was telling me that like three days into it, like three days after being positive and isolating and all this, that her uh, her family doctor called her and was like, "Hey, I uh, it's, uh, it's Doctor So and So. I heard you got COVID." She's like, "Yeah, but like I'm I'm fine, and I'm I'm going to be leaving quarantine in like 24 hours." Oh. Oh, good. Well, while I've got you, anything else you want to talk about? Like, it was just, like, the weirdest... You can't get a hold of these doctors at any given time when you need them. But they're going to call you up one day and just shoot the shit, apparently. Yeah. I, um... Huh. That's bizarre. So how's it going? Uh, by the way, since you're getting out of quarantine, what are you doing Thursday night? And you're like, whoa, easy there, Doc. <laughs> Just dial it back. A well, bit. all the restaurants are closed, Doc, so nothing. Yeah. Oh, well, luckily I can cook. You know, my ex-wife right. said I was quite the gourmet. Hmm. Yeah, creepy there, Dr. Stevenson. I, um, I do like how uh, after three weeks of no episodes that we spent the first... 10 minutes talking about the only thing that everyone wanted us not to talk about. Like, we could have picked... We could talk about fucking Casper mattresses, and I think people would have been more interested in hearing that than uh, than hearing us talk about whether or not we believe in rapid tests. Uh, and speaking of which, this yeah. week's sponsor, Casper Mattresses. Uh, <laughs> are you losing sleep at night? I thought you were going to say Pfizer antigen tests, but... Well, don't... Yeah. <laughs> the only thing that would make you lose sleep more than not having purchased a casper mattress is not having a mattress at all that's right folks i'll um i'll tell you who's not losing any sleep these days uh betty white we lost we lost betty white oh no oh we should have (laughs) done we should have done oofle betty white rolls probably well i guess we could talk about that briefly now uh, you're a Betty White man, I suppose. Am I? <laughs> who, who I tell you right? what, Brutes, in her prime, you know, what a woman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I just recently saw a picture of Betty White, like, in her 20s. <laughs> Which, ironically, was in the 20s. 
And I was like, wow. Yeah. You know? Like, be- beautiful woman, for sure. <laughs> sure. You know? If yeah. I were, if I were yeah. 70 years younger, wow. Or older, I guess. <laughs> if I was my grandfather's father, I tell you what. I would have fought in the war. But when I got back, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that would have kept me alive was sweet Dame Betty White. Um, wow. We've yeah. deg- just degraced Betty White somehow uh, multiple times in, in 90 seconds. So Yeah, but there's that's um, what she would have wanted. Um, yeah, no. Uh, that's, ex- I, awesome. that's exactly it. Yeah. She, she, she's awesome. Um, did you, by chance, because uh, I, I think you were you were busy out getting COVID this night, probably. Did you happen to catch her, uh, S- sorry, her SNL episode, the rerun? Did you get to see it? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of turned it on uh, about halfway through, but uh, I, I remember, I'm pretty sure that's one of the ones that I, I, I would have seen live at the time. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I did too. I, yeah. I remember... I remember it being maybe the only Saturday night of grade 12 where I was actually home and watched SNL live instead of watching the taped version. And, uh, man, it's it's a fantastic episode of television, first off. One of my favorite aspects of that episode in particular is um, I'm, I'm sitting there watching the bits and I'm having, having just the time of my life watching them, and... A little thought pops into the back of my head, and I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to spoil it for myself, but I was sitting there for like a good fifteen minutes, just thinking, like, who the hell's the musical guest? Oh yeah. <laughs> and I, I like oh, yeah. that would have been the last name I came up with was Jay Z well, and Betty White. And see, the funny thing is, is that as much as I've always loved Betty White, I remember specifically one of the reasons I watched that episode was because I was such a big Jay Z fan back in the day. Still do like Jay-Z, but, like, I was, like, freaking out that Jay-Z was on SNL all week. And then I remember watching it, and don't get me wrong, he also crushes it. Um, but a hilarious... I always love when the musical guest and the host don't really match up. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, you're you're rehearsing, it's a half hour before curtain, it's just like, so, are you a fan of my work? And it, it, that works either way. Like, yeah. there's, there's really no way to to tell who would be the bigger fan of the other in that situation. Oh, but. I can definitely hear Jay-Z being like, are you a fan of mine? And her going, oh my goodness, no. And uh, <laughs> you know, him just being like, oh, okay. Absolutely not. I don't care for rap music at all kind of thing. Um, right. Yeah, she, she was great. I mean, like, not even just to only focus on that hour and a half of television that she was on but like I genuinely think that that is and have I have thought for a while but I've never actually I haven't watched it since I saw it then that is pound for pound one of the best episodes in SNL history though for sure like the skits are incredible the way that she's received her monologue and just the idea that you know they went out and basically listened to the internet for the first time in the show's history where someone had created a Facebook group and they're like, get Betty White to host SNL. And SNL's like, you know what? Not a bad idea. And they just went out and did it. Like, I think that's super cool that, you know, she was kind of the first person to ever just get on SNL because everyone was like, yeah, 
you need to do this. And is <laughs> yeah. one of those hosts where she's not out of place either. Like, she, she's incredible for the entirety of it. She's Betty White, but she plays the roles that she's given. It's just, like, pound for pound, every little bit. The The opening is great. Uh, all the MacGruber skates, sk- skits where she's the Nana are incredible. Um, when she's on that, I forget what it's called, but the Spanish talk show where they do the dancing and they play the mariachi music. And she comes out and she's not even moving to the beat of the song because she's so old, but that's the bit. Like, she's doing that on purpose. Incredible, yeah. man. But my favorite part of the entire episode is the 10 to 1 sketch where uh, Tina Fey is like a lady doing the census and goes to Betty White's apartment and just every answer she's giving is just makes no sense. Like her name's Blarfengar, Blarfengar, but it's spelled Lee Smith. It's just, oh man, like I, I, I was in tears because I'm like, I completely forgot that this sketch even existed, but it's like, that's like their worst sketch of the night and it's incredible, you know? One, one of my favorite uh, parts of that episode too is like, SNL, sketch comedy, very active, right? You're on your feet for a while. It's it's an hour and a half, right? You're it's it's not like a, a thirty minute program, right? You've got mm-hmm. an eighty eight year old woman. Yeah. You have one segment every week where people are seated for the bit. And what do they do? They bring her out to do like high kicks in a yeah. workout video. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you couldn't yeah. even just roll out a chair for her to sit down behind nope. the desk nope. give her 20 seconds off her feet nope. but and that's you know actually, what she probably asked for it that's actually the best part though is she does end up sitting in the bit like that is part of the bit where she's like and I'm, and <laughs> I, I'm I guess sitting so. down yeah. whatever but it's yeah. Like, <laughs> that's true. at first it's like you don't think it's gonna go that way but uh, yeah man like just uh, just incredible like just it, it's 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 insane to see someone live that long and to be so universally liked uh, as an actor. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like she was a, like a scientist or something where it's like, wow, this person cured such and such. Like, uh, she she was an actress and was loved by our grandparents and by our parents and by us. And, um, you know, it's it's just sort of nuts that she's, she had that lasting... Uh, effect i would say what, what like what would you say uh like do you have a favorite betty white role um <clears throat> i mean it's well documented what my favorite tv show is she pops up in there for a few episodes <laughs> does a fantastic Complete. job as far as i'm concerned yeah i completely um, forgot uh about that too until recently yeah yeah um. Yeah, for anyone to play Deborah Joe uh, Rupp's mother, uh, that's probably as, as close as you can nail it. I Pretty would say good. so. Pretty good cast. Um, not not a great film, but I I really do like her in the proposal. I know that that's kind of yeah. like the standard answer, but um, I think that just speaks to how well she did in that film, given the outcome. Um. Beyond that, you know, it's hard to argue with her voice work in SpongeBob SquarePants. You know, that's that's a that's a class. Going right. through her fucking filmography here, I, I I actually can't believe that SpongeBob SquarePants. She played yeah, uh, that's that's news to me, my guy, for sure. Yeah. Obviously, you know, uh, 
our, our, our community passion is, is, is alive and well. She's, she's in a yeah, couple of days. And that, that is probably my answer uh, as Professor June, June Bauer. Bauer. Yeah, that's, um, that's an all-timer, man. It's, it's, it's great. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, too, right? She drops in on a lot of my favorite shows, and so it's kind of hard for me to, to pick which appearance I like the most. Like, yeah, she, she's, she's very good, uh, as, uh, as, uh, Kitty's mother on that 70s show. Like, that, that would be up there for me, um... You know, I like. I would say this too. Like, as much as uh, it's not a show that I really talk about, uh, but I've I've seen a fair amount to the Golden Girls. I'm not gonna lie, like like se- like several seasons worth. I would say probably half the uh, half the show I've seen. Um, hmm. She's my favorite character on the show, and I do like the four of them. Like, I find all four of them hilarious. I'm a, I like. I think B. Arthur's one of the funniest women ever, but. Uh, there's something about Betty White playing the role of the of the dits of the group, and it never getting old to me because she's just so good at it. Um, you know that 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 I mean it's like it's a it's a classic answer, but it, like that might be my favorite. But uh, yeah, runner up would be the the 22 minutes in which she's in Community because that is uh, that's one for the ages for sure. Just something about her grabbing a like a crossbow and firing at jeff winger is just uh it's it's unparalleled it's pretty good yeah pretty good um three weeks shy of her 100th birthday um one one of the more depressing aspects of of the whole thing was because of the timing you know new year's eve holiday season a lot of places had gone out and kind of pre-prepared some 100th birthday type uh, yeah. well wishes uh, that still made it to the light of day given that no one was monitoring what was going on uh, during the holiday, well, including our own local television show uh, oh, TBT News yeah, doing its uh, monthly birthday well wishes thing uh, at the beginning of each month was clearly taped the week uh, you know, right before Christmas so, wow uh, awful, hilarious, um, just kind kind of very Betty White in, in in a way if you if you think about it. But yeah, yeah, I um I saw a tweet and I I, I really liked it. I thought that uh, I mean it sort of makes sense. It's not like we do this for anyone else, but she might be the only person in human history where it's like yeah. I mean she lived through enough leap years that. If you do the math, she she lived a hundred years, and I'm like, yeah, that that's fine by me. Like she gets the pass, I think. You know what I mean? She she would have lived a few days past her her hundredth birthday without leap years, and it's kind of like, all right, you know what? We'll give her the honorary membership to the club on this one. You know what I mean? So that's kind of like how I worked at a at a grocery store for uh, nine years and eleven months, and they're like, you know what? You can just have the ten year gift. It's like, oh, oh nice. yeah. Did yeah. you get the ten-year gift? Yeah, it was like a, um, it was like a certificate of thanks, and then there was like a gift card for for uh, for PC, like twenty-five bucks. So uh, it's like, yeah, cool. Come cool. on, they yeah. gave you they come gave shop you a at our store twenty-five dollar gift card for ten yeah. years of work. 
Yeah. I think my favorite thing at working at a grocery store was, I mean, you actually got one, but it was like when people would ask me, it's like, oh, I bet you get a good discount on groceries. I'm like, no. Food, food cost, there's, the, the cost to manufacture on food is high. Like, they don't have, they can't give food away, you know? Like you actually didn't get a discount at all? No. I got I, didn't uh, know I got bone I got uh, two times the Thunderbox points. Um, which is interesting because if I would have worked at any other metro in in Canada, uh, I would have got double the air miles. But because uh, the liquor store has the contract here, uh, and Safeway has a contract here we couldn't get it for here. They have, uh, they have jurisdiction in this, uh, area. And so they had their own sort of club card in which I got double the points. Uh, and therefore, like you, like you get like a $20 gift card after you spend so much. And, um, so uh, like, I guess in the I mean, long run, I maybe got more than your 10 year gift. That's for sure. But, uh, still. How many thunder bucks do you have, man? Oh, I don't know. Um, me personally, none, because I put it in my mother's name. I don't. I didn't buy groceries uh. at the time, and I figured by the time I quit there, I uh, I would not be buying much more in the way of groceries, and I was right. So, well, congratulations on all the thunder bucks. Thank you. Um, a um, a a med student saved a man's life in a hockey game. Yeah, you know what, man? That's what I wanted to talk about. James and I sat here for 15 minutes before we went on uh, on in recording, and I'm like, man, there's something I'm forgetting that I wanted to talk about, and if we don't talk about it, I'm going to be mad. That's what it was. Uh, Nadia Popovici. Good shit, man. That's awesome. I love it. Yes. Um, as most of you probably know, given uh, that this is a hockey podcast and this is the first piece of hockey that we're talking about, you, it Probably means it's pretty big. Um, Seattle Kraken fan Nadia Popovicki uh, notices a mole on the back of the Vancouver Canucks uh, tr- uh, head trainer, uh, uh, Red Hamilton, and uh, kind of goes through a bit of a hassle trying to like flag him down to be like, hey, you should, yeah. uh, you should get that looked at. Yeah. And uh, didn't really know if he got the message or you know if he ever was going to follow through with it, but he did, and lo and behold... Uh, it was a good thing he did because uh, it, it was uh, it was not good. It was it was a cancerous situation, yeah, uh, as you might say. And uh, it's all been taken care of and cleared up, and the Canucks uh, uh, went through the process of tracking her down and uh, getting her out uh, the next game. And uh, a nice big ten thousand dollar grant to the med student for, yeah, for saving a life. Could you imagine if she failed all her uh, f- all of her exams uh, in in, yeah. in April? Yeah, she decided she but wanted I saved to be a, a lawyer. Life. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, no, like I like honestly like as cool as the whole thing was, like it's is one of the most incredible hockey stories I think I've ever heard, but like the the most hilarious hockey part of this to me was that uh I think I think his actual name's Brian, right? Like whatever. Red, like Red. Yeah. She she's talking to Red or trying to get Red's attention. She finally gets it. And apparently put on her phone uh, the big letters mole and then cancer and then doctor, right? And Red saw that and shrugged it off because he was so busy trying to get the equipment ready for this hockey team that he's like, I can't think about this right now. <laughs> and then supposedly like didn't 
You know what I mean? Like, just literally shrugged is what some people said. Like, he was just like, ah, oh, whatever. And then afterwards was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that fucked up thing that happened before the game. And then went to the dog. You know what I mean? Like, not that he was ever going to leave the rink during the game. Like, what's three hours difference going to make? But I thought it was so funny that it was just like, apparently he was just unfazed by the news at the time. Because <laughs> he's so focused on uh, the tape job. I think that that's the most hockey thing I've maybe ever heard. Uh, but thankfully he listened and he's going to be okay for sure. So that's uh, that's good. Yeah. But very, very and, interesting but cool story. Yeah. And, and, and by no means am I trying to take anything away from anybody involved in this story because I think it's absolutely uh, amazing. But one of, one of the, the best parts for me was like, first hearing about the story and it's like oh wow this is crazy she she saved the guy's life and then you like read the article it's like yeah and the doctor said that in five to eight years it could have been a problem and it was like oh <laughs> yeah so he he had like five years to figure this out before well did she say well yeah but see yeah, but that you know yeah, like just i mean i know what you're saying like it, it is kind of funny like that it's it wasn't more immediate but in another sense too like if that if he had let that linger for a few years and then someone told you know what i mean like he would would have been like oh, yeah. wow fucking you know it's been there for years like you know exactly who, who yeah, cares yeah. uh Two the fact that he, yeah it's just it's hilarious that uh that you know what i mean like i guess they caught it early just because of a a freak occurrence like that's uh, that's nuts. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm um Alexander Ovechkin, you've heard of him? Uh. Um you're a fan, I'm a fan. He is the new NHL power play goals king, surpassing Dave Andrichuk with uh yeah. number 273, 274, something like that. Um a lot. What a lot. Yeah, that's that's just it. Um, pretty cool. Like, yeah. Where, where do you think in in the in the all time offensive stats category that is the the NHL forward? Where does like power play goals fall? Like, do do you think that that's a a cooler stat than being like the all time like assist leader or? No, it's pretty low on the list for for me caring. But uh, what I will say is that if he had retired and wasn't the all-time goal uh, leader for power play goals, uh, I would have said, let's just stop counting power play goals altogether. Because if anyone should be the power play goal king, it is Alexander Ovechkin, right? Like, he's the only player in NHL history that uh, uh, played for 15 years and scored, like, 25 goals from the exact same fucking location uh, each year in each of those situations, right? Like, that's... That's sort of that's sort of fucked up. Um, so, you know, like the the fact that he has the record, I'm I'm happy. I can sleep easy on that one. Uh, but no, like I, I don't know. I, it's it's cool. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I've always sort of looked at it as well. It's 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 just a goal. Like it's a goal. You know, I don't uh, devalue the power play necessarily. Like I actually value it uh, probably just as much as five on five. That's why to me it's it's just another goal. You know. But uh, yeah, it's cool. Like if any, like I said, if anyone's gonna have it, it's him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I I always thought he was a, a a more proficient power play goal scorer than he than he actually turns out to be. Uh, if you go back and look at his his career numbers, like 
this this is a guy where I thought like year in year out it was like 25 30 goals in the power play and like he's he's only he's maxed out at 25 and uh only a couple of 20 other 20 goal seasons beyond that but I mean like I I hear what you're saying like he's running down the the Gretzky record of course this is just one of those kind of like side journeys that he's going to end up taking that is going to help him get to the 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 end of the road you might say but um i don't know like for for myself it's like it's probably like the third or fourth most important offensive stat in the game right because like yeah. i know what you're saying like it it is it is at the end of the day just a goal but like you have to be good enough to be out on the ice in that you know 2 minute time frame in a league where the average power play for a team for the season is like what 22% average so would like, be way lower than that like that you're yeah 22% would be uh sure like a top 6 power play so you're talking about a a, a very specific short period of time in any game where 80% of the time you're not going to achieve what you're trying to achieve Sure. And to score in that specific situation, I think I think that there is a talent involved. But uh, oh, there's I, a talent I, involved for sure. But you know the the way that I view uh, the power play is more or less that uh, you know someone needs to find a way to put the puck in the net, and um, it being someone different all the time would make a lot of sense. But. Uh, yeah, like when you have a guy like Ovechkin, like at some point, you know, the puck needs to get to him and it should get into the back of the net enough times. I don't know, it's it's not that it's not impressive. Like it's 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 you know, if you were if we were sitting here talking like, "Wow, Ovechkin's the all-time leader in plus minus. Isn't that crazy?" and you'd be like, "Well, you know, fuck that." Like it's not like that level of like I don't care, but it but it's also one of those ones where it's like, yeah, "I don't know. It's I I don't I'm not I'm a little more excited about this than I am every time he passes someone on the goal list. Basically, that's all I would say is like, you know, I'm a little, I'm, I mean, like years ago, if it was like, oh, he passed, uh, you know, fucking uh, Brendan Shanahan on the all-time goals list, it's like, yeah, all right, cool, that's how, that's how it works when you keep scoring. Uh, like I didn't really care about that. Now he's at the point where it's cool, like you know what I mean when he's passing guys, but um, mm-hmm. I don't think of the power play achievement as much greater than like just another night when it would be like oh yeah he's past this guy again and it's like cool yeah i guess I yeah it's i i will say this like it's just an it's just one more record where if somehow this doesn't get done it's going to be a lot more disappointing the more records he sets along the way you know like if he gets to like 8 845 or something and that's it it's like man that was a lot of fun for a while there, though, you know? Like, I don't know. I I, <laughs> I just, I hope this gets done, is, is all I'm getting at. Yeah. All it is, I, uh, basically... I'll also say... T- here's, here's what I'll say this. This is like, uh, the tr- like another trailer to a movie where I'm just kind of like, man, this movie better rock, because, like, they just keep rolling out another trailer every couple of weeks, and it's like, I don't know, if this movie sucks, you got a lot of explaining to do, you know? I, I will say this much: I do like the the symmetry involved, where Dave Andrechuk sets the record um, and retires uh, uh, in in Ovechkin's rookie season. So mm. that's neat. That's yeah, neat. 
I think the weirdest part about the whole thing is that Dave Andrzejczyk's the one who had the record. Like, that's the weird one to me. Really? I don't know. I watched him play, but he was old. But it was like, wow, I don't, I don't know what the hell, yeah. know what the hell this guy <laughs> really does. Uh, yeah. Like he, he, I, rem, I, when I think of the Tampa Bay Lightning team that won the Cup in '04, I remember Chris Dingman before I remember Dave Andrzejczyk, and Dave Andrzejczyk was the captain, so. <laughs> that's all I'm getting at. That's no, yeah, that's that's a very that uh, you're not wrong. Yeah, <laughs> the captain of the team, and I think of Tim the Toolman Taylor before I think of Dave Andrzejczyk. Right. Um. Interesting question that came up on uh, another podcast uh, we sure. listened to, but uh, ah, biscuits. Ovechkin. Okay, he's 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 done this thing right again. Like I called it a side quest. Right, it's just one of those. He's he's playing the. I uh, finished the main story. I'm gonna go. You know, finish the, yeah. the side projects. Um, <laughs> yeah. If he's, if, he's if got if the my, power play goal. I gotta tell you, if my game playing ability were the same as like what I would be as like an NHL player if you're talking like side quest like I would have all the weird records because in GTA I very rarely did the missions I just I just drove around and fucking shot people and like uh you know uh stole helicopters and like worked out in the fake gym they had and stuff I was like yeah like I all I did was just <laughs> screw around in that game and I very rarely did what I was there to do so like I guess I love I would the be idea the that you that just took like, like ten minutes to stop and like oh, I gotta hit the gym. <laughs> yeah, like well I forget I forget what the I forget what the reward was even in the game. It was uh, you got something if you did that, but yeah I don't know. I always did the side quests. I very, very I remember one mission. So I guess like I would be uh, like the that's the NHL equivalent of like having a twenty goal season and nineteen of them being empty netters or something, and then I'm the all time leader in empty net goals. Who's the all time leader in empty net goals? Do you know that? Is it Wayne Gretzky? It can't be, right? You, you, please tell me he scored. It, it might well, be. Sorry, official empty net. I understand he played in the 80s. Of course all of his goals were empty netters. Zing. Got his ass. Um, as I as I Google... Oh, he's got... Uh, I guess he's got 56 career empty net goals. Okay. But do we know what the all-time leader is? It can't be much more than that. Uh, him, 56. It is 56? Yeah, yeah, he's got the most. 56. I mean... Ovechkin's got 44. It does, yeah. It sounds like a lot, but it's really not. 54, eh, for Ovechkin? Yeah. That's what we'll do. Eric is... Stahl is 6th. <laughs> That's kind of meant. Is there anyone on the, in the top, like, 15... That only has like three hundred goals all time or something, but they have like forty eight empty netters. I guess oh, does this guy even have three hundred goals? Um, this guy's tied with Malkin and Crosby. He scored two hundred and forty eight goals in his NHL career, um, which spanned from oh six oh seven and uh, ended last year uh, after fifteen games with Anaheim. And how many empty net goals does this person have? 23. Out of 247. Uh, Rick, one behind Keith Kachuk and, like I said, tie with Malkin and Crosby. Who, who is it? Yeah. No, like I'm asking. I'm, I'm not even going to try. Oh, uh, it's it's uh, it's David Backies. Wow. 
the empty net mon. I mean, like, there's something to be said about being on the on the ice at the end of the game too. But, uh, yeah, huh? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I it yeah. just it would have been crazy to me if you were like, yeah, like Gretzky's got like a, a 98 empty net or something. Like, well, this guy's a fucking fraud. Then what are we talking about here? But, yeah, well, it's not right. Fifty six. Um, I was gonna say like one of my favorite things about. Uh, the, the side quest story that we were talking about, just to go back to that for a second, is uh, I remember playing GTA one time. I was like, ah, oh, I'm going to play golf. I'm just going to have a quick game of golf, with, golf? My, with my GTA. And it was like all 18 holes. And it, like, it literally took like two hours. And then I finished and I was like, <laughs> like I have an actual golf video game yeah. that does golf so much better than GTA would. Why that did box. I just spend two hours playing one course? That might be the most hilarious thing I've ever heard anyone use GTA for. You are notorious, though, for not using games properly. I'll say that. Because, like, there's something there's something about you buying the new NHL game every year and never playing a single game, but just making, like, custom teams all the time. That, to me, yeah. is, like, maybe the most hilarious misuse of a game that I know personally. <laughs> I I have I have spent probably like well especially this week given uh, my current situation <laughs> I've been spending like a solid 6 7 hours a day on chill but I have yet to play a game <laughs> since since I got thrown back in the cage on Monday, I'm pretty sure that I have played, like, 14 games of Chell over the last three days. Like, I I come home okay. from work, and I play Chell till I go to bed the last three right. days. And right. You know, you know what was funny, too, is I was thinking on Tuesday night, because Monday night I had the night off, so it just, it was whatever. But Tuesday night I would have had to have been at work, right? But work is now shut down. So I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, oh man, you know what? It's going to be nice to have a little break here, I think. You know, like this this will be, you know what? I could use a few weeks to just kind of recharge a little bit maybe, you know? And then last mm -hmm. night I sat here and I'm like, holy fuck, I can't do this anymore. And then I thought to myself around 9 o'clock, I'm like, this is the only, this is the first day. This is day one. And I'm already bored of chill. I'm already bored of my room. I'm like, holy fuck, you know? Well, I'll, um... I'll try to finish up the the project I'm working on so, to give you something else to look that, forward to. That'd be so. great because I have nothing but yeah. free time right now, as does most people. Good. So do, do does Good. do. Um. So back to the point I was making 20 minutes ago before we started talking about side quests and GTA. Right, Dave. Anderson. Um. Ovechkin, he's got the power play goals thing now. Um, he's gonna pass Yager. Uh, he's, he's a dozen goals behind him, so well, look for that by the end of the year. Comeback. He's uh, he's going to be the third guy to 800. Um, in in the pantheon of the the greatest players of all time, do we as a hockey community have to start maybe accepting the fact that this guy is a better player than Sidney Crosby like uh, are we getting to that point yet hmm. he's 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 think about it this way too he's second in the league in goals right chasing down what would be a, a double digit rocket Richard trophy 
Yeah. And he's three points back of his fourth Art Ross trophy. Um, definitely in the heart conversation. Like, if these are the standards in which we talk about the, the greatest players uh, in, in the sport, I think he's checking all the boxes. Uh, he's Russian, not Czech. Um, yeah. I, I, hmm, I don't know. That is a weird one, though. Because it's like, it's one of those things where... <laughs> Do I think that he's uh, a better... Like, do I think he, in his prime, was a better hockey player than Sidney Crosby? No. Uh, do I think he's a better hockey player than Sidney Crosby now? No. And do I think he's had a better career than Sidney Crosby? No. But do I think he's higher on the all-time player list? Yes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't I don't really know. That is a, It's a hard one to sort of break down because it's just like it's one of those things like in Sidney Crosby's prime I think his accomplishments maybe were more uh, impressive than the individual accomplishments of Alexander Ovechkin's career but I don't know man to have like 700 and whatever 700 million goals whatever he's got now that's uh that's pretty, like, you know what I mean? Like, that that's kind of fucked up to think about that this guy has just been um, throwing 300 hits a year and scoring, like, minimum 35 goals a season for, uh, since before I was in high school. That That is kind of fucked up, you know? So, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think, I think it's one of those things where maybe that conversation d- hasn't come up enough. And maybe now Ovechkin's going to kind of get his due. Uh, like, he's sort of having this renaissance, and Crosby, as good as he's been this year, isn't uh, what he used to be. And, I don't know, like, it's one of those things where maybe now the recency bias will kind of take over in a good way. I don't know. Um, but you're right, it is something where I don't really know that we've had that conversation before, and had it been an actual conversation. You try to have that with people five years ago, and they fucking laugh you out of the room, right? But, mm-hmm. I mean, Ovechkin continues to score goals in a sport uh, where really uh, the only thing they actually measure who wins and loses games by uh, is by goals. I don't know if you knew that. I've heard um, I've heard it's important anyway. I'm not sure, yeah. you know, where, where it falls in, in the grand scheme of things. But yeah. um, it's a big one. Yeah, I, I, I think like I, I think the best way that I can kind of summarize the the argument you're making is like if you were to pick any one single season during their careers because they both started at the same time right if you were to pick any one single season you'd probably say that Crosby was the better player that year right yeah and yet when you look at the totality of their careers like for me Sidney Crosby has been so good for so long that there's almost that expectation. Like, yeah, he's going to be this. And this is what he's going to be. And that's what I expect him to be. And it's like, wow, he did it again. That's crazy. How good is this guy? Where for some reason with Ovechkin, it's like, wow, he scored 50 goals next uh, last year. But you know what? He can't do it again next year. There's no way. And then he does it. And it's like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. He's better than I thought. But he doesn't do it next year. 
and then he does it next year. Like that's that's the difference to me with Ovechkin and Crosby. It's like I've I've come to just accept that Sidney Crosby is going to do Sidney Crosby things, while I continuously assume that Ovechkin's like, well, he's like thirty six years old now. There's no way he can do this again. That's a yeah. young man's sport, and then he does it, and it's like he plays a very different game than Sidney Crosby, and I, I understand that it's very difficult to compare the two in terms of yeah. how you grade the better player. But if he keeps going, like I said, like if, if he wins another Hart and another Art Ross, like it's almost a no contest for me that he, yeah. he has had the better career as opposed to maybe being the better player is how you could frame it. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I think the the issue with Ovechkin, and it's not an issue with Ovechkin, it's an issue with uh, the hockey community's approach and understanding to Alexander Ovechkin years ago, is just the whole thing that I don't really know that, you know, I think it's our inability to have accepted what Ovechkin was in his prime was sort of the issue, right? Where it was just like, yeah, well, you know, like, sure, he scored all these fucking goals this year, but he was like a minus 13 and the team sucks defensively, and it's like... Yeah, but at what point would you trade, you know, opportunities for for opportunities against and kind of roll your dice that way when your team's built offensively? So, we, you know, like people harped on Ovechkin for not being good defensively. Then he cleans it up defensively like a little bit, but then his numbers sort of fall back and it's just like, well, you know, now he's not going to score as many goals and like he has like, you know, what is it, two seasons in his career where he just had like not a great offense, not a great offensive year by his standards. And we're like, oh, you know, now he's done scoring, like he's washed, and then he gets 89 points the next year, and everyone's like, yeah, but, I don't know, he's going to go back to 65 points again next year. And I'm like, well, it's like the last time that happened uh, in a full season was five years ago. Uh, like, I feel like maybe right. he's just, maybe that was a fluke, you know? Like, we can kind of give him the benefit of the doubt on that one. Um, yeah, like, I, I think that's part of the problem, is just we've gotten so sucked in, sucked up into narratives when it comes to Ovechkin and Crosby that you know maybe it's maybe a certain generation of hockey fan is unable to look past what our previous understanding of that rivalry was versus what it what it could be now and it was one of those things too right we're like I don't know if Crosby and Ovechkin were that far separated ever either like you know there there came a point where like seven years ago everyone just finally accepted it's like yeah Crosby's a much better player than Ovechkin and it's like yeah, but, like, what you're thinking of is that Crosby was the better player for Ovechkin for just more years where Ovechkin was better than Crosby, and now you're thinking of it as, like, a blowout, where in reality it's like, no, they've been pretty neck and neck their whole careers just in different ways. And now, you know what I mean, now it's it's Crosby slowed down enough that, you know, we can just look at the goal-scoring totals of Ovechkin and be like, well, fuck, maybe he's better. Um, I don't know, like, it's it's... It's one of those things where I think everyone's version of this rivalry and experience is so different that now we're kind of trying to understand it 15 years later and it's hard to to really grasp where, you know, where to draw the line in the sand, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right. so, um, let's see, what's new? 2022 yeah. New Year... Uh, hey, um, what's new in 2022? I can't believe we haven't talked about the two 
big Butter. accomplishments that took place. Um, obviously, we've both been busy. Um, it's been go time at the restaurant, so it's hard to get a night off. But boy, oh boy, two absolute legendary records set since we spoke last. Uh, Owen Power scores a hat trick uh, for a defenseman in a in a World <laughs> Junior game, and Connor Bedard four oh, goals no. as a 16 year old. Uh, records that will stand yeah. the test of time and never to be erased from the history books. Crazy. Do they actually get erased? They now? get erased now. They never happened. Yeah, man. I uh, I watched the Connor Bedard game. Uh, that was fucked. Like, it, it takes a lot for me to be, like, impressed at this point. Like, I've watched so much hockey that, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'll watch someone score the Michigan and I'm like, whatever. And <laughs> now, okay. you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know if you're like that, but, like, just, honestly, I've watched so much hockey that just very little, like, really I still see a guy away. do, like, the cheat shoot uh, today, and I'm like, that's crazy! That Wow, what an incredible goal! Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, no, like, like I, I, I understand that there's a degree of skill, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's still like, oh, fuck. But, like, I'm not, like, jumping out of my seat, really, is what I'm getting at. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, oh, neat. Um... But the Bedard game, like, I was sitting there watching it uh, with Savioli. And when he scored the fourth goal, like, we just kind of looked at each other and we're like, are you fucking kidding me? Uh, granted, against Austria, but, like, you still have to actually well, score yeah, the goals, and... right? Um, yeah, it was it was nuts. Uh, so good for him. Uh, it's a record in my, in my books as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, the Owen Power one was was neat. I didn't really see the game, but I was watching like part of it after he had scored the the third goal, and they were talking about it. Actually, what had happened is uh, he had scored his fourth goal because he had been credited with four, and they took away one afterwards. And Gordon Miller's like, "Wow, this is nuts! Four goals in a game, right?" And we're like, "Yeah, that's crazy." Uh, and it turns out that that goal actually didn't exist, so that's fine. But uh, the game happened as far as I'm concerned. He still scored three goals. Uh, Connor Bedard still four goals as a 16-year-old. Four goals as a 16-year-old, if you didn't hear me. Um, That's, isn't that how crazy. many points Crosby had crazy. in his entire 16-year-old tournament? You know what? I wouldn't be shocked if it was around that, was that to be McDavid? honest with like, you. One, one of really them only had four point. points in their 16-year-old season, Crosby or McDavid. McDo McDavid was not very good in his 16-year-old uh, like he was just a guy on the barely team, played really, yeah. more or less. Yeah, it was more so his uh, eighteen-year-old year, I guess it would have been, or seventeen-year-old year, whatever. The one in Toronto where he was like, "Ah, this is this is fun." <laughs> um, yeah, that was crazy that one. But um, so yeah, the uh, uh, the fun the fun tournament got canceled, and. Um, the yeah. uh, discussion now turns to replaying it this summer, and the Double uh, IHF has come out and said that if that were to take place, um, all of the games would be replayed. The tournament would essentially be reset. Teams can pick new rosters. Uh, 2002 born players will still be eligible. They're essentially going to kick back the the line in the sand where if you're born before this date, you can't play. So. 
Um, all those guys that were potentially going to miss out on their final World Junior will be allowed to to come back if if they can get this thing put together and organized and and uh, get the puck dropped come July. I think is what they're they're aiming for. Um, first off, let's let's talk about the tournament being canceled um, in the manner in which it was because. Now, now I did miss this. Was it canceled for uh, supporting Elon Musk on Twitter, or what? What was it? Who who's supporting Elon Musk on Twitter? Well, I just figured that's how you get canceled these oh. days. Was it uh, something to do with um, uh, being an anti-vaxer? Was that maybe what you know it what was I that they you, you know what I'm hearing from they... my 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 sources is that uh, it was What's canceled. That? Because the double IHF was like, you know what? Worst run hockey league? NHL? No, sir. We want to take a stab at that crown. And uh, take a stab oh. they did. Oh, so they got cancelled for stabbing. <laughs> they someone, stole right? the NHL's record of being terrible as a hockey uh, federation. Well, so, Yeah, if... Well... If I've learned anything from OJ, you could do something quite terrible and uncancel yourself many years later. So, um, I think we have to end the podcast. Yeah, now. no, I don't I... know if we're allowed to keep talking. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. We uh, like, I mean, really, the the problem is, is that the way that the IAHF tournaments work is that you can't really postpone within a tournament. Like, they, they, the way their tournaments are is they can't be like, ah, oh, the tournament ends January 5th, and then instead they decide, well, we're going to end it January 12th. Like, that, like, I, I just, I remember reading something about it where it's like, once they kind of set a schedule, they have to get it in within a certain yeah. amount of time, because that's how the roster releases work. So, this was always a possibility. In fact, it's actually kind of batshit that they got through it last time without having to shut it down. Um... You know, so it's not surprising. Uh, it's unfortunate because it it sounds to me, based on the details that we've since been given, that this was an incredibly preventable situation on the part of uh, essentially Edmonton and Red Deer, uh, mostly Edmonton, and um, they kind of let the kids down. It seems like uh, it's it's unfortunate because it's one of those things where maybe a different host community in this thing goes goes the right way but um you know a bunch of non a bunch of casual citizens uh got themselves a little bit too involved and ended up giving some people some covid and uh here we are these these poor kids are fucked and um i mean like unfortunately like if i'm if i'm the general manager of team canada uh yeah i'm reselecting my team like i'm not i'm not (laughs) I'm not gonna bring the same guys just because I want to be nice to them. Like if they if they want to leave, not that they would, but they want to leave. The first name that came to mind just because it's the only name you can ever remember on the team. If they want to leave Kent Johnson off the team, uh, they can just go ahead and do that, you know. And and it would be like, well, whatever. Like yeah, if he's not on your roster in July, then then uh, quite frankly, fuck him. Unfortunately, uh, Kent Johnson, however, very good, so he'll be on the team. You would imagine, but. 
Yeah, I mean, like, there's there's two trains of thought, I, I think, that need to be taken in stride. Um, you, you can't really look at this... Um, w- two trains yeah. of thought? You're a two trains of thought, man? I'm a two schools oh. of thought myself. I was a big Thomas the Tank Engine guy growing up, so maybe that's where it comes from. Um, <laughs> How do you half explain something? <laughs> I don't know, it's just a turn of phrase. How do you turn a phrase? Um... So there, there's two things that I, I think it's important to, to look at, but you have to look at them both. Um, and I, I see a lot of people taking one approach or the other and, and not really looking at both sides of the coin. Um, the first of which is, like like you nailed, the the kids were let down here. Um, this was a situation where they executed this perfectly last year, and there was zero excuse to not be able to pull off the same standard of off-ice discipline um, that we saw last year, this year. And I don't know if that's entirely on the IHF to to shoulder the blame on or not, but it sounds like when an international sports federation can't go so far as to book a hotel and essentially ensure that no one else is going to be coming into that hotel um you're setting yourself up for disaster from the get-go i mean in in both cities they should have been in situations where nobody's in or out unless you've got you know double ihf passes and uh, you're not talking to the general public and instead they're allowed to essentially mingle in the lobby and the elevators with with people uh, attending a wedding, of all things, right? In fucking December in Alberta, a, a wedding. I don't, not sure who would do that, but you know, COVID, right? So, um, yeah. The other train of thought here is that for all the people that are complaining about, you know, whatever it was, half a dozen COVID cases shutting down an entire tournament, um, you know, the, the, the rules were very clearly outlined ahead of time. If, if you uh, are, are a team that contracts COVID, you can't play. You have to get tested, and if you don't pass your tests, right. you don't play. Right. And that's that's just what the rules were, and, and that's well-established. Everyone knew that going into it. That's not a surprise. Like, no one dumped that on us on, on the 11th hour no. here, okay? So, you see the U.S. game there gets canceled, and it's like, oh, you know what? Oh, that, that sucks for the U.S. Now they might not be able to make the medal round. Um, well, and yeah, not even canceled. They sure. Had that's that's what I mean. Sorry, right? like yeah. that's and that that that's and that's one thing. Like if it gets canceled or postponed, and you're able to move the tournament back a few days because you know there's a small small little outbreak, that's fine. But within that sentence, there are many problems in that. Uh, uh, a, they weren't allowed to do that. They they had to forfeit games. And then at what point are we going to say that this tournament is bullshit? Because how many games like how many games forfeited is too many? And I think anything more than one is too many. The second thing is uh, if we've learned anything in the last two years, uh, it's never just going to be a little outbreak on one team that's going to resolve itself in forty eight hours. This isn't a a head cold, and if your head hurts. Uh, you have to stay home, and if your head doesn't hurt, well, you're just good to play. Like this is a, this is a different matter with different protocols, and it, it was it was never going to end like that. So that's the unfortunate thing is as soon as anyone on US got COVID, this tournament was fucked. 
and uh, you know we went another day and hoped for the best, but this was always going to be the outcome. Yeah, unfortunately. and and there there was that th- that was the entire intention behind the whole you're going to forfeit the game. It, it was that slap on the wrist yeah. incentive to not fuck up, not to go out and have a team dinner and not to go out and do these things. You're here for a tournament. Be good boys. Yeah. Play the tournament and then go home. And so that was yeah. the incentive and that's that's going to be the the outcome if if you break the protocol. And so now you've got a situation where you're having teams forfeit games left and right and now it's just it's not even worth playing anymore. Because if everyone's just forfeiting their games one nothing, then you're not really getting a true sense right. of, of, of what the outcome is. And you may as well just give it to the last team left standing well, yeah, like, without COVID. Like Austria should get the fucking gold medal because they stayed healthy or something. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's where we're going to yeah. be at in a week. Then what What the hell are we doing here? Like why, like, you know. Like, and I would sooner rather see them cancel the tournament. It's not a COVID tournament. competition. It's a hockey yeah, tournament. I would sooner rather see them cancel the tournament to avoid that outcome than... Put their head yeah. down and, and say, you know what, we're blind to the situation and we're just going to press on. Oh, Austria's winning all these games? How how crazy is that? Isn't that cool? one nothing. They keep winning. That's that's nuts. And the whole world is looking at you going, what are you, what are you doing? Like, we all know that this is fake. So they cancel it, but then that pisses yeah. off the other half of the coin. So it's, um, it's tough. Like, don't get me wrong. I was fucking really disappointed. It was... One of the few things I was looking forward to this Christmas season, and uh, um, here we are uh, on what would have been, the, I guess, the, well, the day after the gold medal game. But, uh, yeah, uh, really unfortunate. Yeah. If I could just have one wish this Christmas season, yeah. it would be for all the children in the world to join hands and sing in harmony, however it goes. Um, so that leads to the second train of thought that I was talking about earlier, choo-choo pulling out of the station here. Um, the summer revamp of the world juniors. First off, okay. are you pro or against it? Like, do you think that they should just wait till next December and play next year? They, they, they should do it because these kids deserve the opportunity. Uh, and they should do it because people are still going to watch. They're still going to make money. In fact, I would consider even going to it this time around. Um, but there's something special about the tournament and when it's held. And I think the idea of it being in in the summer is maybe a little bit icky. I don't know, though. I love the tournament so much that I'm sure uh, I'm sure I'll get into it. Well, I'm, so. I'm glad you mentioned that. Whatever. I, I think I think it. I think at the end of the day, people sort of miss the intention of the tournament, and this this is a tournament. Uh, this is the last thing that we have to like a minor hockey tournament. Like this is the last stop. It's the ultimate sort of minor hockey tournament. Um, and these guys deserve every opportunity because they've worked to get there. And a lot of them are not going to get a chance in the NHL. Like, like this tournament's for them as much as we like to think it's for the families at home. This tournament's for them. So, uh, they should be allowed to play in it. And, uh, I don't think anything should stop them from that. And I think that, you know, at least on the Canadian side, there's going to be just as much interest if they do it, uh, in the middle of July than if they did it at Christmas. Yeah. yeah. So 
Maybe not just as much, but like 90, 90%. Well, I'll, 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 put, I'll, put, I'll put this Enough. up for you. They're, they're talking about putting a bubble in for the uh, Scotty's Curling Tournament. You know, if the bubble's up, you may as well just come to Thunder Bay and fucking pick up where you left off, <clears throat> as far as I'm concerned. But wow. um, No, I, I'm, I'm glad That's you touched true. on the time See of the there. year when we, uh, Fort, when we do this. Fort, Fort William Gardens and uh, uh, Current River Arena is right. where we'll put Pool B there. Have fun with that. Um, Czech Republic. I'm glad you touched on the time of the year for the, the world juniors because it's dawned on me uh since they've announced it that if they hold this tournament in the summer after all the hockey leagues have stopped playing that you're going to have available to you oh. all of the 19 oh, yeah. year olds that may have already been stuck playing in the nhl so it could make for quite the tournament um, in the middle of the summer. Who did Canada leave? Who did Canada not have available to them? Like, who am I missing that could have played in this? Uh, is Alexia Lafreniere still 19? I don't think no. so. I don't like the idea of the Swedes getting uh, Lucas Raymond. Lucas Raymond. <laughs> or the Germans getting Maurice Sider, for that matter. Ugh. Yikes. Okay, NHL.com, taking its time, taking its time. Alright, age. Oh, there's no age filter. That's good. Well, I don't know. Um, there's definitely some... Yeah, I don't know, but... Some big names out there. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm all for it. Like I said, I think this tournament uh, is more for them. Even as, even as much as it, it has become about us, it's it's... It, at its root, it's about the players. So, um, yeah, they, they should be able to play it, and whoever they want to send is who they send. A guy gets cut, he gets cut. But what can you do? That's the that's, uh, that's the reality, unfortunately. So, uh, Cole Sillinger, Mason McTavish, William Eklund, Jimmy Drysdale, Jake Neighbors, Lucas Raymond, Hendricks Lapierre, uh, Seth Jarvis, Tim Stutzla, John Paterka, and Cole Perfetti would all have been eligible. Uh. Well, Perfetti and McTavish were on the Canadian team. So oh, that's, 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 yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's the good news. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because uh, they're d both disgusting, so I would prefer to have yeah. them around. Yeah. There you go. And that's that's just uh, the NHL guys. Cool. Like, I don't know who was over in Europe that maybe didn't get the chance to go, or the AHL even, but... I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, like I said, I'll, I'll watch this tournament whenever they put it on. But I, I think there's something interesting about the idea of trying it in the summer with all these guys that normally you'd be missing out on. And then do you look at that and say, well, gee, that was a pretty good idea. Why don't we try that again next summer? And now it becomes a summer tournament. But uh, we get yeah. into that whole argument about whether you're allowed to watch hockey in the summer. Well. Yeah, but that's, unfortunately, I think that is the one hockey thing where it's just going to always stay at Christmas, and I think that's just how it's always going to be. I don't know if I have a necessary, like a, like a reason that states that it has to stay that way either, um, other than it has sort of become about ratings for the IHF, and that's when they're always going to get it, I would assume. I mean, you know, I, I would prefer to go to said tournament in the summer, for sure. Uh, as someone who traveled to Ottawa for two and a half weeks during the winter to watch this tournament, 
Uh, I would much prefer to go to, um, let's say, uh, Scottsdale uh, in the winter or um, Calgary in the summer, not Ottawa in the winter. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, for sure. If we're, <laughs> we're going to hold it in the summer, I would rather go Next then. winter's tournament is going to be in Siberia. What would be the equivalent of, like, where they could host this tournament this summer that you just, you wouldn't go regardless because it would almost be too hot? Uh, well, James, Scottsdale. <laughs> um, as, I, as I just mentioned, uh, Scottsdale is one of them, for sure. Uh, actually, ironically, I said Calgary. Calgary's insufferable in the summer, too, though. So I don't really know that I'd want to go there, either. Just in the uh, summer? Oh! It's hot. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Where um where would you most like to go? Say it were a summer tournament. Where would you most like to go to see this tournament in the summer? Oh wow. Um Switzerland well, cuz it's still Here's snow. the thing. I've I've been beating this drum for a while where like I I feel like we need to stop putting the tournament oh. in the same four countries as hosts, but I understand that you're a little uncertain yeah. about like who's going to qualify year in and year out. I think it's high time that the Germans get a chance to host this tournament. So I signed me up for Berlin 2025 in the summer. Oh, yeah. guten Tag. <laughs> yeah. You like to go watch Moritz Seider and the Germans, yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah bring the schnitzel and the uh, uh, Prost, and I'll see you there. Once everyone gets in the pool, yeah? <laughs> We're going to take a bit of a swim. Um. <laughs> Germans, uh, simultaneously the scariest and funniest accents, I think. Because uh, when they get mad, man, are they terrifying. But in comedy bits, few accents make me laugh. Hard. Yeah. Yeah. I, one of my favorite uh, comedy bits of all time is definitely like the guy that's talking about how they named butterfly in different languages and it's just like ah butterfly in english <laughs> so peaceful so calm in french un papillon ah like a like a piece of paper blowing in the breeze in germany if you see a butterfly and you want to tell your daughter about it it's and it's uh, very uh, frightening uh, did you um Actually, like, quick sidebar on that one, too. Is that not a Pete Zedlacker bit? Because he's got a bit about Germans, and I feel like that might be the one. Um, I know it as a, um, a Danny Boy bit, myself, but... Okay, yeah. okay no, it is Danny Boy. Because I, I, I'm just seeing the Just for Laugh stage in my head when I'm picturing it, so I was thinking Zedlacker mm. back in the day, but... Um, no, did you... But did you see that tweet today... And I don't know if it's real, necessarily, but someone had typed into Google Translate just fucking in the kitchen. Oh. Like, that that's what they wanted to see, they, and they translated it to German, and the tweet is like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and they, so anyway, it's just this, it's just the screenshot, and it's in English, fucking in the kitchen, and then in German, nuken in, in die duken, is like what, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like you look at it and it's like this could be real or fake but either way it's fantastic you so, know? Uh, I'm assuming it's a spin-off of that same joke where someone put uh, my penis hurts 
into Google Translate and turned it to German, and it came out, Meinst Penist Hurtens. And it's like, oh, I can't even, like, I can't even get away with asking my doctor privately in German. Uh, but, um, yeah. 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 Hey Derek, Sprechen Sie yeah. Dick. Guten Tag, Fräulein. Um, right. Yeah, moving on. Speak, speak. We got any? We got any World other, Juniors, Germans. Speaking of, uh, of things that or? have been canceled, uh, the Olympics. Uh, the players aren't going to that. The, that's over. Ah! It's done. It's dead in the water. The players are mad. The owners are happy. Gary Bettman is twirling his imaginary <laughs> mustache. Um. I know you're not a big Olympic hockey guy, but no, like this this is upsetting at at the very minimum because it's something that the players wanted, right? Like it's it's sure it's okay to be sad for them. I'm okay to feel bad for Brad Marchand not being able to go bite some Chinese bat a, a Chinese player. Um, on the ice. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I just, I, I never, I don't know. I never remember as a kid, like, really fantasizing about winning a gold medal. And as an adult, I think I, like, even care about it even less. Like, just in the sense that you know, like, obviously, I, I don't need to... Sh I'm not going to shock anyone by saying this. I'm probably never going to win it as a player. Uh, so, you know, like, my dreams have moved on to... Well, you know, maybe I'll be an equipment manager for, like, an, a, a Canadian... Like, a, an Olympic team one day. And, uh, you know, that's also incredibly doubtful. But, uh, you know, I'd rather, like, win a Stanley Cup still, for sure. And just the whole gold medal thing's never really been a, a thing that I've I've... I, I, I look at them as completely separate entities. I feel for them, though. Like, to, to be able to say that you've won an Olympic gold medal or that you even were close to winning an Olympic gold medal is incredible. Like, I'm not saying that it isn't, either. Um, it's just not necessarily my uh, perception of it uh, as a kid, nor as an adult. But that's also because maybe I never uh, scratched the surface of being able to win one, is my thought on that, right? Um, it's a little bit different if, you know, you're pretty good chance you're going to be on the team, pretty good chance you're going to be on the team that's a favorite to win, and then to have it ripped out of your hands, uh, two months before, that's tough, you know, so, so I, I understand that, um, you know, there are a lot of guys where, that were probably only going to get one crack at it, uh, because of what happened, uh, four years ago too. And so, you know, like, I'll, I'll say this as much as I don't really care about best-on-best best international tournaments. It is a little bit tough that we're probably not going to see Connor McDavid minimum in a Team Canada jersey at the Olympics till he's 30. Like, that that's that's a tough one to swallow, I think, right? And so there's there really is, at this point, because of the way that this all works and aging curves and all that shit. Uh, like, there's an entire generation of Canadian hockey players that are just never going to get a crack at this now. And, uh, that's tough. Or not just Canadian, like any country, but that that's a tough one for sure. So, yeah, I, I feel bad for them. Um, now going back to being selfish, do I care? No. Like, we've we've probably seen the last of Sidney Crosby at, at the international level. 
I gotta tell you though, even though we didn't know he was going out that way, uh, his last Olympics, that's a hell of a way to go out though, man. Fuck, that guy was, that guy was something in 2014 right, yeah. for sure. What was that? His last, his last yeah. Olympic goal was a breakaway with an empty net. Yeah. That is the legacy of, we'll remember, of Sidney Crosby. Well, but it, well, no, but I'll, I'll remember him sealing the deal on the breakaway at 2 nothing. is, that was fucked. Like, that was, that was unreal, right? Uh, the empty net or whatever. <laughs> um, I know you're all wondering at home, and I, I do have the numbers for you. Um, remaining from our laced up Olympic roster draft, uh, oh, I, I have one player still eligible. Uh, Brutes, you have three. One? Yeah, I, I've got uh, Franz Nieder. You only have one. I've got Franz Niederberger. You were the one who took all the international. No, guys. I got Franz Niederberger. That's oh it. <laughs> the German starter but that I drafted in, your in the defense, third round. In, in your defense, uh, pretty high chance he's going to make the team. I think so. Uh, and they're going to be one of the better teams, probably. Right. So that's not. I'm liking horrible. the one point I'll get for him Just making it, and better. what I'm assuming is at least one more point for the bronze medal. He's going to win them. So. Uh, sure. Brutes, you have three players that are still eligible to go. You've got uh, David Krejci okay. playing over. I I can't see how he doesn't make the Czech team at this point. Uh, you got Thomas Kunackel mm-hmm. for the Germans, and you've got Jan Kovar. I guess. I don't, I yeah, don't know. I feel yeah. good about Kovar. Kovar's Czech, right? Not Slovakian. Uh, yeah, he's Czech. So you got two Czechs. Yeah, I don't and a German. hate the Czech team either. Yeah. All right, I feel okay with that still. Uh, Collins got four. Uh, Mr. Dejaki uh, drafted four mm. guys. Uh, Gaten Haas. <laughs> yeah. Gaten Haas, uh, yeah. who's available. Uh, Merrick Horivik of the KHL. I don't know. The Russians are weird. Right. I, I don't. I don't plan to assume that I know what's going on there. Is he even Russian? Isn't he Czech oh, or Slovakian? You no, know, my mistake. Too? He's got five guys. He's got Marek Hrivik from the cage. He's Slovakian, actually. So, yeah, he's probably a lock. Yeah. Um, he's got Mikhail Bodker, who's technically a free agent for the Danes. Hmm. Uh, Bjorn Krupp, son of Uwe. <laughs> and uh, Janis Jax of Latvia. I don't think I ever really sat down and thought too much about uh, Collins' uh, final few picks there in the draft, but uh, he did some he did some deep diving on some guys that probably were going to be there, high, you know, hell or high water. And Colin, Colin played the long game on that one because, like, I know not everyone could see the podcast while it was happening, but we're all, like, trying to figure out who to take from all these other leagues, and Colin's just sitting here, like, rolling his eyes, like, fuck, can we get the fuck out of here already kind of thing, you know what I mean? And, like... Meanwhile, he was playing the system and actually getting these European guys, despite pretending to be over it. So good for you, Colin. Uh, you're probably going to win. Right. Um, and then what a red corn take like 14 <laughs> guys from the fucking Swiss. Well, red corn's got uh, he's got um, uh, Dennis Malgin, um, sure, Corbinian Holzer, good Dominic Cahoon. Not a bad, actually, really Philip Larson. Sure. And he is—he's uh, still married to the uh, general manager elite Ilya Kovalchuk. No, <laughs> no. That's, I love—I love talking to him because every time it's like, I, he's going to play. He's going to play. It's like the guy hasn't been on skates in two years, John. I don't—I no. don't know why you think he's making it, but 
You think that's gonna yeah. stop him? Not necessarily. Like, I can't say... I can't, I can't say anything on the Russian team is a 0% possibility. Like, uh, their top line could, in reality, be Alexei Yashin, uh, Ilya Kovalchuk, and Ruslan Fedotenko. Like, I wouldn't be remotely shocked. Brutes, they could wheel out um, the Russian five. And I, I say wheel out because one of them is confined to a wheelchair. <laughs> but uh, And that wouldn't shock oh, me either. Oh, no. So. Throw Trechiak and net still win. <sighs> He would get uh, replaced by uh, Mikishkin uh, halfway through, but um, <laughs> Brutes, is it time for a best on best tournament mm. that we get some somewhat regularly that we can count on as fans to see these sure. guys? Sure. You want to know why? Because I'm sick of fucking talking about this. I'm done listening to people talk about like oh, I want my best on best. Sure. Whatever. People want their best on best, give them their best on best. Like, you know what, what I mean? What do you have against best um, on best? Well, I watch the best on best on a regular basis. It's called the NHL. <laughs> uh, so oh, I'm sorry. You mean the worst God. run hockey league in the world. Right. Yeah. No, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> well, you know you, you know what, James? The Olympic uh, Committee, I don't know if they're, they're exactly uh, setting the world on fire here either, but um, no, I don't. Uh, it's not that I have anything against it. I just don't uh, I don't know. I think most of the the iconic moments in my lifetime of like what we could consider a best on best tournament are just because of the hype. Like I I haven't watched any games that I really in my lifetime have thought were particularly all that great. Um, other than for some reason the gold medal game in the twenty fourteen Olympics I thought was awesome and it wasn't necessarily I was just into it. Uh, but, like, I don't know, the the Team North America overtime against, I don't even remember Sweden. who they beat, just that overtime, I remember, was like, sure, whatever, I remember that being cool, um, but, I, I don't know, it, it, it's mostly just because of, uh, what people invest in it, uh, from a national pride sort of, uh, stance, I think, more than it is about the qual the, the quality of hockey living up to the reputation is that, that's a very fair point and like that's like for me i love the concept of best on best like i would rather sure well me too don't get me wrong there's nothing more fun to me than if we were right now to pick who we would want on our fucking team canada or whatever or like doing a chal tournament of like a i don't get me wrong i think it's fun but the actual watched experience is what i'm getting at well and like i almost i almost push back on that because um for me like I, I, I love watching these superstar players, right? Like, I love watching McDavid out there. I love watching Sidney Crosby. But when I have to watch them, you know, go up against Andre Kasha, who's just going to hook and hold and slash and hold them back for the entire game, uh, I, I I can respect the defensive aspect of, of, of the job that an Andre Kasha is doing. But I'd much rather see an, an, a, yeah. a Connor McDavid go through five guys that are the five best at their position than I would see him go through the fourth line and the second pairing of the Vancouver Canucks. Well, and and that's that is that's where it goes the other way for me, right? Where it's just like that's why the I find the hockey isn't as good is because everyone is so good 
that there aren't mistakes, there isn't anything really happening that opens up the game a ton, you know, and, and I, I think that was part of the reason why that whole Canada game where uh, Luongo got yanked for Broder or the other way around, whatever, in Vancouver, that one game, like, everyone was blowing their mind after the game because it was, that game was nutty, you know, as far as an Olympic game goes. It, it was crazy, and, like, forgive me for not remembering who they, you know, the context of the game, because, again, I didn't watch it. But, um, like, I completely understand that when it happens, it's crazier because it involves the best players in the game. But my experience watching it is that when you put all the best players in the world on eight different teams versus 32, you're less likely to have mistakes. It's less likely to be open. And even though it involves all these amazing players for 60 minutes, yeah. it involves amazing player against amazing player who you put David Pasternak in any fucking system and he's going to be incredible, right? And uh, now you put him, well, not in his instance, but say you put him on the third line of a fucking team, like, you know, how good is that other team's third line? Well, it involves a David Pasternak equivalent. So who's going to be better? You know, it, it's a coin flip at the end of the day. And uh, that's cool. Like, I understand that. It's just not for me. Um, I I watch it and I enjoy it from a strategical level as a coach. I, I find it interesting. But do I have fun watching it necessarily? No, not, not really. Yeah. No, that, that's fair. Like, you, you've got the best players in the world doing what they do best. But, once again, it's not like you're inviting Andre Kasha out to, to these tournaments. Where, like, that, that he might be the best you defensive... Know, I've had enough of the Well, Andre you know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying, like, he might be the Sander. best defensive winger in the fucking Western Hemisphere or whatever. And, like, it, well, like, he does one job... Like, Yuri Lettinen is a great example of a guy Western that did something hemisphere. very, very well for very a very long time. And aside from the fact that the Finns were very weak in their depth, like, he's not making any all-star games because of his defensive work, right? Even though he does that better than everybody else. They don't want to see Yuri Lettinen shut down Mario Lemieux. They want to see Mario Lemieux beat, you know... Uh, Pavel Bure <laughs> down the wing for the puck. So I, I take it with, with a grain of salt because I, I think you're right in the sense that the best players in the world against the best players in the world are going to inevitably cancel each other out. But at the same time, like Ovechkin, like we were just talked about, like he's, he's not a well-rounded player. He's not a defensive catalyst. He's an offensive force that's going to go out there and do offensive things. Yeah, and like the whole the whole thing for me is just that hockey players have gotten so much better that they bleed each sure, other out, yeah. right? Like, I'm not like like going back to it. Like you asked me, uh, or you said you're not against the whole concept of a best on best, like as a concept. Like, I, like I I have watched back the games from 2002, and they're incredible. You know, like like they are. But that's because, you know, not everybody was as good. You know, like even Canada's best defenseman. Yeah, like Eric Brewer was on the team, and as good as he was at the time playing that level of hockey, you throw him in the NHL nowadays, that guy's gonna get fucking torched by anyone. Sure. You know, um, so you so you watch it, and it's just more of a chaotic sport. And I think the best on best then it even opened up more then, but you have players that are on like uh, American Hockey League teams now that to me even twenty years ago would have could have maybe made the Canadian Olympic team. 
You know, like, it, it's, everyone has gotten so that, like, that incredibly much better that the sport as a whole already has become, you know, just harder to muster up these amazing chances uh, because everyone's just so talented and structured that um, now if you condense everyone down to eight teams instead of 32, it's... But, but even to go it's back... Just, it's not something that I'm... But even to go back, sorry, to, to 02, uh, as you pointed out, like, that that's the year that gave us the big Belarus upset over Sweden. Right? So you've got yeah. a, 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 a... That's what I'm getting at. Well... Okay. I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I just see the potential for great opportunity, I suppose, in those types of types of tournaments. Because you're going to have those countries that, like it or not, the best of their best are not even on the same level as as these other nations, right? Like, you look at the women's game, and you've got well, the same two or three countries every year. Sure. But, but Belarus isn't going to upset Sweden in 2020. 24 you know or sorry 2022 um but is the margin you know, of, like it's just of, not of gonna happen. skill not the same then as it is now like like you could say the same thing about the well the uh, the u.s college no. players are never going to upset the I don't think great so. russian red machine of the 1970s well lo and behold here, but that's, here they that, did 20 years later here my, the belarusians beat my their, argument is that my argument is that the top 100 players are not or were not uh, like comparable to the next hundred best players in the world twenty years ago, whereas now I think your top hundred versus your one to two hundred group in the world nowadays I don't think are necessarily quite as different as people would make it out to be. And to even assemble those lists, say you were to do that, I think is way harder now than it would have been twenty years ago. Like I I could probably fucking tell you who the two hundred best players were. 20 years ago, I don't think we know who they are now, is my point, right? Because we see guys just fucking come out of nowhere sometimes nowadays where it's just, like, nonsensical. Uh, but it's like, well, they've always kind of been around, they just haven't had an opportunity, and it, it it's, uh, I don't know, it's harder to maybe make sense of uh, the difference between talent now than it was back then, where I think, like, it, it, it's insane that Belarus upset Sweden, sure. But, you know, what I'm saying is that the Belarusian program versus a Swedish program nowadays, there's no way in hell it would happen. Like, it just couldn't happen, you know? Yeah, uh, it's it's interesting because I, th- I, I look at it the same it, way. It, it boils down to, I guess, if I had to, if I had to have a thesis sentence here... Uh, at the end of my argument, I would have started with, uh, hockey is just so much better now that, um, everyone is so much more skilled now that it blends together more as a whole, but it's better because countries' programs have gotten so much better, and that isn't necessarily true of all of them, is what I'm getting at. So, you know... Canada has developed so much better as a country uh, in terms of their hockey program. Sweden, you go down the list and a lot of them, but Belarus hasn't improved at the same, you know, uh, rate that Sweden has, relatively speaking. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I 100% agree with that statement for sure. Um, maybe I'm a sucker for a good Cinderella story because I, I just, 
I see the the. Oh, me I, too. I see the the gauge of of separation between the talent twenty years ago between two countries like Sweden and Belarus, and I look at it today and I assume it's either it's either as close or further. And if it's further, you're only inviting uh, more of uh, potential for that Cinderella story, right? It's not like you've got mm-hmm. six countries 20 years ago that could win a gold, and today you've got a dozen. Like, that that's not the case, right? It's the 200 best hockey players are still right. coming from th- three, maybe four countries. And Put it this way. I'll say that... Uh, Sweden, Belarus, twenty years ago is more like the Arizona. Well, maybe bad example, but uh, is more like the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Syracuse Crunch. Whereas nowadays, it's more like the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the uh, f- um, Thunder Bay North Stars. Is <laughs> so what I think it would be. That's what I'm getting at. Like I just I don't think that it's the same. Uh, that the countries have improved enough where I think that your Cinderella stories are really going to happen much. And that's not a reason not to do it. It's just for me that, you know, it, it's going to come down to uh, who makes the mistake on Sweden versus Canada in a gold medal game. And uh, you're going to spend 60 minutes kind of waiting for, you know, fucking Eric Carlson to make a mistake or something. Eventually it'll happen, but... Uh, it's it's not worth the two and a half hour movie for me. Okay, no, that's fair. Yeah. Um, I got however. A quiz. Oh, sorry. It's like Marvel. It's like Marvel movies for me. I'll let everyone else enjoy it. I'm just probably not gonna watch it. That's fine. I would uh, recommend going and checking out the newest Spider-Man movie. That being said, um, <coughs> I probably will, but I'm probably not going to appreciate it whatsoever. Is all. That's fair. I got a quiz for you. Well, okay. someone else has a quiz for you, but I'm going to host oh, it. Oh, Sean McIndoe. Uh, you recall we once upon a time did a quiz about uh, what team did they not play for, featuring uh, 16 Hall of Fame NHL players. Uh, you did quite well. Um, I want to say you got 13 or 14 out of 16 on that one. And... Um, Okay, I don't think I did that well, but alright. Uh, alright, regardless. Um, Sean heard how how well you did, and he got pissed off. Wow. He got pissed off. Um, Thanks, Sean. People, yourself included, uh, were saying how easy it was uh, for a Down Goes Brown quiz. It was uh, too simple. Um, so he's up the ante, and we're going to play Who Didn't He Play For 2.0, uh, but instead of 16 Hall of Famers, you're going to get 16 Hall of Very Gooders. So, mm. the next tier down of guys. Dave Andrichuk. Mm-hmm. Well, Dave Andrichuk is a, a Hall of Famer. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Not in, not in this guy's Hall of Fame. That's, uh, that's sure. fair. Um, you've got 16 players. None of them are in the Hall of Fame. And uh, all you got to do is tell me which team they did not play for. Make sense? Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, when he wasn't looking like a superstar for the Blackhawks, which of these teams did Jeremy Roenick never play for? 
Was it the Los Angeles Kings, the Philadelphia Flyers, the St. Louis Blues, or the San Jose Sharks? The Philadelphia Flyers, the St. Louis Blues, the who? The LA Kings, or the San Jose Sharks? This is Jeremy Jeremy Roenick. The Blues, the Sharks, the Kings, the Flyers. Who? The Kings. Okay. You will get the answers at the end, by the way. That's right. fine. Um, if there was a Hall of Fun to watch, this guy would be first ballot. Which of these teams did Theo Fleury mm-hmm. never play for? Uh, the New York Rangers, the Hartford Whalers, the Colorado Avalanche, or the Chicago Blackhawks? Well, that'll be the Hartford Whalers, my guy. The Hall of Very Fun, not coming to Hartford, he says. Uh, the all-time leading scorer among guys who oh, aren't in the Hall, which of these teams did Pierre Turgeon never play for? Pierre Turgeon, Colorado mm. Avalanche, St. Louis Blues, New Jersey Devils, or Dallas Stars? No, he was never a devil. All right. I could. Uh, that's just icky. That's an icky thought. A rare member of the 500 goal club who is not in the hall. Which of these teams did Pat Verbeek never play for? Dallas, Detroit, mm. the Rangers, or the Islanders? Hmm. It's the Rangers or the Islanders, but that's... Yeah, he... He sort of gives off vibes of uh, of both of them, but I I think it's the Rangers. Going to Rangers. Uh, yeah, I just I have no recollection of that happening, and I uh, I feel like he played with Ferraro in on the island. Like I feel like both the little balls of hate were on the same team <laughs> at one point. So I'm 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 gonna go Rangers. Isn't who it? was smaller and who was hated more? The the questions do beg themselves. Um, when he wasn't being stabbed in the back. Well, well one of them's on TV like four nights a week, and the other guy uh, I haven't heard from in twenty years. I hope he's so. doing okay. Our thoughts to Pat Verbeek during this answer, very probably. difficult time. Um, I'm sure he's fine. When he wasn't being stabbed in the back for the captaincy by Mark Messier. Which of these teams did Trevor Linden never play for? The Montreal Canadiens, the Detroit Red Wings, the New York Islanders, or the Washington Capitals? Uh, I was too busy laughing at the question. I'm going to need to hear the teams again. We're talking Trevor yeah, Linden, he, right? He pl- never played for Montreal, okay, Detroit, the Islanders, or Washington. Oh, he never played for Detroit. That's for sure. See, I feel like I'm better with the Hall of Very Good Guys because these are the guys that I remember more. You know what I mean? Okay. Because these are the guys whose like hockey DB pages are more interesting. Sure. It's your star players where it's like, yeah, I get it. Peter Forsberg had a hundred points a year. Like I understand that, you know. But it's like, ah, oh, well, Trevor Linden, you know, it was a year he had like one goal and then he had like thirty-five the next year or something crazy would happen. You know, these were the interesting guys. Um, all right, next up, we've got, uh, after establishing himself as probably the best forward in Minnesota Wild history, uh, Kirill Kaprizov might have something to say about that, uh, which of these teams did Marion Gabrick never play for? 
Was it the L.A. Kings, oh, the Columbus be... Blue Jackets, the Dallas Stars, or the Ottawa Senators? See, the problem with this question is that he imply that it implies he played for the Ottawa Senators, which I didn't think he had. I thought it was just his contract was there. But regardless, he he retired an Ottawa Senator. Uh, whether it be in physical or contract form. So it, it would be the Dallas Stars. Marion Gaberg is never a star. Get out of here with that one. Okay. Uh, other than his 14 years in Washington, which of these teams did Peter Bondra never play for? The Ottawa Senators, the mm. Atlanta Thrashers, the Winnipeg Jets, or the Chicago Blackhawks? Uh, it would be the Winnipeg Jets, sir. Okay. After winning a cons... Is the next one going to be about Peter Nedved? No, this is about one of, I assume, your favorite players. Um, after winning a con Smythe with the 4 Lightning, which of these original six teams Ooh. did Brad Richards never play for? Original six. Rangers, Blackhawks, Bruins, Red Wings. Bruins. But I could have seen it. So that's why I had to think about it for a second. I'm like, yeah... Yeah, they they would have they would have maybe got him at one point, but yeah, Bruins. An underrated piece of America's emergence as a hockey power in the 1990s. Which of these teams did Tony Amante never play for? Tony Amante. Oh God. The Coyotes, oh, the Flyers, the Oilers, or the Flames? It's got to be the Oilers. Has to be. All right. A lot of people think he should be in the Hall of Fame, but so far he's not. Which of these teams did Sergei Gonchar never play for? The Buffalo Sabres, the Montreal Canadiens, the Dallas Stars, or the Boston Bruins? Uh, the Buffalo Sabres, my guy. Uh, he may be mes best remembered now for recently coaching the Islanders, but which of these teams did Doug Waite never play for? The Hurricanes, the Ducks, oh, the Capitals, or the Islanders? <laughs> the Hurricanes, the Ducks, the Capitals, or the Islanders. Mm. Um, this is the first one where I'm convinced he played for all four, so that's not good. It's more so the ones where you find out that he, you know what I mean, where there's like two teams where you didn't know they played for, and it's like, well... But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I find it hard to believe that there was one of those teams they didn't play for. I'm, I'm gonna say, fuck, like, I feel like I remember him playing for the Hurricanes, but I don't know when that would have been necessarily. The capital sounds right, but I also don't remember that either. Uh, I am gonna go with my gut here and I'm going to say he never played for the Capitals alright the Washington Capitals uh, a charter member of the you had no idea this guy had 1200 career points club which of these teams did Vincent Damfus never play for the Nordiques Maple Leafs, Sharks or Oilers talk it out it's the Oilers right it's the Oilers no I, th I just What do you know? I don't. I, yeah, it's well, it's the Le the Leafs and Sharks. I mean, he was the captain of the Sharks. Uh, 
See, like, I just, I feel like I remember having a card of him playing with the Oilers. But I couldn't tell you about anything about his time with the Oilers. And he just, you know, like, because of the whole Montreal thing, I just think you feel like he, I feel like he feels like a Nordique. Uh... I'm also having trouble remembering for sure where he was drafted, and I feel like it's the Nordiques, but it might be the Leafs. It could be the Habs. I actually don't know anything about Vincent Domfus <laughs> other than I liked him uh, when he was the captain of the Sharks, it is what I'm now learning. I can tell you he has um, 1,200 But yeah, I know... Yeah, I know that. I, I remember thinking he just fucking rocked. Like, when he was on the Sharks, I'm like, this guy's awesome. Um, when I first started watching hockey, I don't know what it was about him. I just thought he was like the best captain in the NHL. Like, I didn't know that. It just felt like a thing that would be true. And it wasn't really. Um, but he was good. I'll, 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 I'll go, I'll go Oilers. I don't know. That just feels icky to me. Okay. Speaking yeah. of the Oilers, he was Mr. Oiler for 15 of his 19 seasons. But which of these teams did right. Ryan Smith never play for? The Islanders, the Kings, the Avalanche, or the Sharks? There it is. The uh, the San Jose Sharks. All right. A longtime flyer, and maybe their next coach, says Sean. Which of these teams did Rick Tockett never play for? <laughs> the Capitals, Bruins, Kings, or Rangers? Uh, this would be the first... Uh, player that's come up, James, I remember nothing about Rick Tockett as a player, other than he played for the Flyers, which is, um, doesn't help me here. Uh, okay, so we got the, let's hear the teams again. Capitals, Bruins, Kings, Rangers. Capitals, Bruins, Kings, Rangers. Yeah, I have no recollection of him playing for any of those four teams. Um... (laughs) Is none of the above oh, uh, the fifth option okay. here, possibly? I'm just gonna... I don't know. The Capitals sounds wrong, but it's the only team I can picture him playing for. Pretty sure he played... For, like, the Bruins the other one where I'm like, yeah. I'll go Capitals. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not gonna lie to you. I remember taking this quiz. I remember getting this one wrong. I don't remember what I picked because all four are like equally <laughs> as confusing as the the next. So, all right, yeah, you got two left here. Uh, here's a guy who was all sorts of entertaining on his way to a thousand points. Which of these teams did Alex Kovalev never play for? Was it the Kings, the Panthers, the uh. Canadians, or the Senators? Uh, it's the Kings. Right. And finally, while you don't have to like him, you have to respect his resume of helping his teams win. Which of these teams did Claude Lemieux never play for? The uh, Sharks, the Stars, the Coyotes, or the Penguins? Uh, the Penguins. Alright, the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm going to hit submit now. I like I like that, but you you can't slip 44-year-old Claude Lemieux with the Sharks uh, past this guy. Not me. Not me, sir. 
Maybe one of my favorite things that's ever happened in NHL history is the Sharks signing a guy that hasn't played hockey in seven years. Uh, and this was within uh, the decade, which I think is neat. So, 44 uh, or 46-year-old yeah, Claude Lemieux? Like, that's my question. Great stuff. All right. Question one was, what team did Jeremy Roenick never play for? You said the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, we were looking for the St. Louis Blues. Never was a blue. You know, you know, the thing with that one was, um, I don't know what I was doing when you read the question, but I was right disoriented. And if you'll play it back, I read the teams like three times. That's and true. I think briefly I was thinking of Keith Kachuk. I'm not going to lie to you, but yeah, I know he never played for the blues. Anyway, that's a shame. All right. Question two was, uh, Theo Fleury. You said Hartford. That is correct. Damn straight. Next up was Pierre Turgeon. Uh, you had him not playing for the Devils. That was correct. That's two for three. Yeah, there's, there's just no way. Uh, Pat Verbeek. You know he played for the Stars. Most people know he played for the Red Wings. It came down to the mm -hmm. two New York teams. You went Rangers. Uh, he did not play with Ray Ferraro on the island. Uh, he was... Fucking bastard. Yeah. Uh, when he wasn't being stabbed in the back for the captaincy by Mark Messier, uh, Trevor Lynn did not did, did not play for the Detroit Red Wings. He had that one right. There was um, no way that that question was meant to be read aloud on a podcast. That's you know true. what I mean? Like yeah. you read that, you read that. I'm sitting here. I'm like, how am I supposed to focus on the rest of the question? Start. Sean starts off with uh, instead of just being you know stabbed in the back by his mortal enemy. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's not disorienting uh, Marion Gabrick did not play for the Dallas Stars, although he did play 16 games for the Senators. So there you go. He, he did, he did play insane. for the Senators. Um, Peter Bonjo was never a Winnipeg Jet. That is correct. You got that one right. Uh, Brad Richards, never a Bruin. Uh, Tony Amante did not play... For the Edmonton Oilers, he was traded to the Hawks at the deadline. A lot of people, a lot of people think he was now, traded to the Oilers at the deadline, but can, it was to the Hawks. Can I ask you something? Like I, I grew up on Tony Amante. Yeah, and I remember Tony Amante being quite good when we were growing yeah. up. Right? Is he good enough to be even in the Hall of Very Good though? Like, did he have that good of a career? I will uh, quickly pull him up on hockey reference, but I, I've always believed him to be like, like a fantastic hockey player. Like I don't look at him as like much better than Corey Stillman, and Corey Stillman, don't get me wrong, good, but like I look, I I remember Tony Amante as like a uh, decent first line winger, but on a cup contender, like a second line winger, you know. Oh, oh, okay. So you said you said Corey Stillman, right? And Tony Amante. Please uh, tell me Tony Amante has like fourteen hundred points. Well, no, but like, like how how many how many like let, let's let's put it this way: how many goals do you think Corey Stillman has? Um, 
Well, I know he wasn't that great, like, his entire career. I, I'm going to say Corey Stillman has, like, 290 goals. Okay, so he's got 278 goals. Fuck, pretty yeah. good, though, eh? He also shares a birthday with you, so happy birthday. Um, I know that. Yeah, happy birthday, Corey how, Stillman. How, how many goals do you think you Tony know, Amante year? has? I don't know, 350? 416. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but what's their highest goal scoring season? What's their season high to- uh, goal uh, Monte total? Monte had one, two, three, forty goal seasons. Fuck, fifty would have been funny. He's like, he had five fifty goal Corey seasons. Corey like, Stillman what? never had thirty. Fuck! Damn it! Yeah. But who won more Stanley Cups? That's who. That's that's the real question. Well, if 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 that's if right. not for Glenn Sather and his obsessant uh, uh, trading at the deadline, <laughs> Tony Amante played seventy two games for the ninety three ninety four Rangers before being dealt at the deadline. The deadline <laughs> came after seventy two games. Oh. And what did he have? Like one hundred and ten points or oh, some yeah, shit. Man. 38 points. He was, uh, he was a, a rookie or something. Uh, former Blackhawks captain, so good for Yeah, him. there you go. Um, Alright, so where are we? You got Amante right. They call him Captain America. Sergey Gonchar never played for the, you said Buffalo Sabres. Uh, that is correct. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's no way. Doug Waite never played for Washington. He won a cup with the Hurricanes. He won a Stanley Cup with the Carolina Hurricanes, Bruce. <laughs> That's why you remember him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Weird how the Ducks aren't the answer. You said that uh, Vincent Damfus never played for the Oilers. Uh, he sure did. Um, he did not play for the Nordiques. Damn! Yeah. It's just one of those things that sounds yeah. right. You know? And I gotta tell you, even though I know I have the hockey card of him in Edmonton, it seems wrong. Yeah. So I believe he went Toronto, to Edmonton, then to Montreal, then to San Jose, but I may have that backwards. So. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think he was the the guy. Coming... Well, you don't have it completely backwards. He definitely he definitely didn't start with San Jose and retire right. to Toronto. Yeah. I can yeah. confirm with that. So you're not. I, I think he was the piece but... going back in the Glenn Anderson trade. For the Leafs, but um, the <laughs> this—that's how you know this fan base sucks. The Glenn Anderson trade, Jesus, that's a Hall of Famer right there, my my good man. I'll have you know. Well, yeah, he's no Vinny Dam. Led us to Game Seven of the greatest season in Leaf history since '67. So, um, Ryan Smith was never a shark. You got that right. Congratulations. Yeah, I can confirm. Uh, Rick Tockett was indeed a capital, but only <laughs> sure. but only for thirteen games. Um, Fuck you, Rick Tockett. Yeah, he was he was in the uh, the Adam Oates trade. Uh, he never played for the Rangers. <sighs> that was my first instinct, but I'm like, no, no, no. It's probably the Capitals. Probably the Capitals. Um, Alex Kovalev never played for the Kings. You got that right. Although, 
the speed in which you answered, given that he only played 14 games for the Panthers, was impressive. That's that's. Oh, I remember it. Oh, wow. I I remember. And uh, finally, Claude Lemieux was never a Pittsburgh Penguin. Uh, as Sean puts it, he played for six teams total, including that short comeback attempt with the sh- Sharks when he was 43. Apparently, in all that time away from home, he never had enough time to teach his kids not to bite. Um, wow. So, there you go. You got 12 of 16. Got to give it yeah. to Sean. Got to give it to Sean. And 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 you at home can also give it not to Sean. Not a low blow either on that um, one. As The Athletic has been purchased by the New York Times. Um, so, Sean McIndoe returning to the New York Times for the third time in his career. Uh, <laughs> for the third time. What could go wrong, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, can we talk briefly about that? I don't feel good about that. I sort of liked The Athletic as an independent body, and I understand how money works. And, you know, the more money you have, the better in theory. Um, but I am a little nervous about the direction of The Athletic, given that the New York Times is also kind of a hellhole sometimes. I don't I don't know. I'm 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 like ten percent kinda worried about that. I don't know enough about the New York Times to like really have a hard opinion, but Okay. It's not the New York Post. I like, can tell you that. Pretty good. It's 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 not Larry no. David coming in and running <laughs> the show. No, like Larry David. No like not Larry the, David. The Times, no, no, not, the Times not, are good. No not Larry David. Sorry, not Larry David. Who's no, who's the guy I'm thinking of? Not Larry Brooks. Larry Brooks. Um, it's not Larry Brooks coming in and run the show. At the yeah, there it is. Yeah, Larry David uh, running anything would be fine by me. If they decided that Larry David was going to produce The prices Right tomorrow, I would watch every single episode in syndication. Like, he, he could do anything really? and I'll just... I'll... I'll... I'll oh, yeah, I'll... I'll uh, eat it all up. Alright, so there you go. You got, uh, what did I say, 12 to 16? That's pretty good, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, who, 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 what now? Where, where do we go? Um, as we were recording, uh, got the notification on my phone, the Winnipeg Jets exploring playing in Saskatoon amidst restriction capacities at, uh, at the arena in Winnipeg. What say you about playing in Saskatoon? I, um... If the high butt never wanted to send me to cover a game, I'd go to Saskatoon as quickly as I'd go to Winnipeg, so... They should line it up so that the, um... That the Blues are in town, so that you get the uh, 30-year anniversary... 40-year anniversary of the uh, Saskatoon Blues. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. I thought you were making a Puck seventy seven joke about how you used to write about the blues and. No, I'm I'm making a uh, a joke about how the uh, uh, St. Louis Blues sold the t- the per yeah. <laughs> the Perdina Dog Food Company. He's, he's <laughs> sold the team to Saskatoon in nineteen eighty two, and then proceeded to not show up to the draft that following summer because they're like. Ah, we want to move to Saskatoon. Why wouldn't you let us? And the land angel's like, because that'd be a really terrible idea from a uh, business standpoint. So, yeah. 
There you go. I love how could have been this this league this league that used to have a team owned by a dog food company uh, still drew the line at Jim Ball silly years later. Like that's yeah. funny to me. Oh, Blackberry. This that, guy owns that, Blackberry, that, and that it's like that's never gonna last. Somehow, <laughs> yeah, because at least. <laughs> You know, dogs will always be around, but are is anyone going to buy these phones in 20 years? Dogs ago? will always be hungry, but will you always need a BlackBerry? Who's to say? Um, and yeah. you're right. Yeah, you're uh, Dave right. Tippett on the hot seat uh, in Edmonton. Uh, really quick, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but uh, I, I'm i at the point with the, the Oilers where... I just kind of want to see them do well. Much in the same way that it was like, you know what, Sidney Crosby, yeah, he probably should have a Stanley Cup. What are we talking about here? And uh, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, absolutely torching it up this season. But they can't get anywhere because their goaltending sucks. So says Dave Tippett. Um... Uh, Miko Koskinen fires yeah. back. He can't score the goals. Uh, Oilers lose again against the Leafs last night with Mike Smith in net. Neither option looking all that great. What happens first, Brutes? Do the Oilers fire Dave Tippett or do they pull the trigger for a big number one goaltender? Uh, the Tippett thing will happen first because uh, part of the reason why their goaltending looks the way that it does is because of Dave Tippett. Uh, when the best goaltender in their system is in the American Hockey League. So they sort of chose to go with Mike Smith and Koskinen because Dave Tippett likes them. Uh, they could just call up Stuart Skinner and things would probably be uh, better. Um, but yeah, like the, it's, it's like... I mean, it's all Ken Holland's fault. There and it is. Yeah. Peter Shirelli, obviously. <laughs> but, um, like, I mean, like, to state the obvious, but, like, the the other issue here is that uh, because, again, the team is not that great, uh, Dreisaitl has slowed down, and now there's not enough going around beyond that. Right? Like, he was scoring at a freakishly high rate, and that's when it looked like the, oh, the Oilers might be, like, Stanley Cup contenders. And it's like, yeah, well... I don't know if Dreisaitl's going to get 200 points this year, but we'll see what happens. And now, uh, spoiler alert, he's not anymore. Uh, and now they're not... Uh, they're. I was going to say they're not very good. They're one of the worst teams in National Hockey League right. um, over the last... Yeah, like, he's only on pace for 143 so, points now. So that's that's unacceptable. For them, it is. <laughs> yeah, because they need him to score 200 points to be a good team. Um, yeah, so it's, it's just... It's one of those things where... Uh, if if McDavid and Dreisaitl aren't scoring above a rate that is essentially unrealistic to ask a player to score at, then this team isn't going to be very good. That's where they're at. And um, I don't know that Dave Tippett necessarily moves the needle to make them all that much better. Uh, I don't know that it's necessarily all his fault, but he will get fired before they put a trade for a goaltender, I would think, because they don't... I don't really think their issue is their goaltending either. Uh, it hasn't been very good, but it's not the main reason that they're not very good either. It's because the uh, 14 of the 18 players that play every night, well, probably 13 now because they have Zach Hyman, uh, are not very good, as has been the issue for a long time. So, I, I mean, like, they definitely have their depth issues, but 
to say the goaltending hasn't been the problem when you've got a guy, well, both guys are under 900 save percentage on the season. Like, oh, not, for sure. Like, like you're like not going to win any games. It's that more way. so like it's more so they played 10 games of Stuart Skinner and he was a 920 or whatever the fuck, and they were still four and six. That that's where I'm coming from. Where it's like a goaltender who above league average save percentage, and they still could only win at a forty percent clip. You know, so like that, like their their issues are their roster. Uh, obviously, their goaltending is not helping them. But you know, like the big thing for me is Dave Tippett saying our goaltender wasn't very good on a night where his team scored one goal is fucking ludicrous to me. So I I think he's not necessarily doing them all that good. But, you know, do I think that firing them fixes it? No. Uh, you know, so is he going to lose his job? It looks that way. Is that all his fault? No. He, he liked Koskinen and Smith, and that's part of the reason why, apparently, they say, that those guys are still around. But also, Koskinen was signed by Shirelli, and they're kind of stuck with him. And, I don't know, it's this whole thing. But, uh, do I think he deserves to get fired? No, not, not necessarily. But I think mm. he's going to. Okay, I, I think it's... Put it this way, like, I don't I don't think anyone uh, makes them necessarily all that better. Okay. I don't know that Tippett would be my choice, but I don't... Who the fuck are you hiring that is going to make this team better? Uh, Bruce Boudreaux might have been a guy. He's off the market. He's uh, he's doing good things, so... <laughs> well, he's doing things. Um, the, like, I, I guess where it comes down for me is... Um, much in the same way that, like, Miko Koskinen is not going to be a 920 goaltender, or Leon Dreisel is going to be a 9 or a 200 point scorer all season long, uh, the Oilers aren't going to be held to one goal a game each night. So, like, I, I do think that there's value in trying to find an upgrade in net. I, I, think, I think that they do make a move. I think it's a little bit of A, a little bit of B on this one. I think both things happen, I just don't know what order they happen in. Well, no, sorry. But that's not what you asked sure. me. You asked what's more likely to happen. What do I do? I do the opposite. Yeah, I would try... Well, I wouldn't necessarily trade for a goaltender. I would call Stuart Skinner up, play him again, see if he's a 920 or if he's closer to 900. And if he's closer to 900, then yeah, you need to make a trade for a goaltender at some point because you have you have none. But if Stuart Skinner's closer to a 920, uh, you have one goaltender. So... Problem solved. Now use your assets to improve the team. That is also not great, you know. Like I, like I, I knew they'd probably be better than they have been in in past years, uh, if everything went as planned with their additions. But you know, their additions have been fine, and now other parts of their roster have been worse. So that's why they're kind of back to where they were last year. You know, Zach Hyman helps, but. If your defense is among, you know, the worst in the league and the goaltending doesn't make a save when the defense fails, which is a lot, uh, you're <laughs> you're also going to lose 12 of, or sorry, uh, yeah, 12 of 14 or whatever the fuck it is right now. Um, NHL games being canceled left and right, or, or postponed, I guess is the word that I should use. Postponed left and right. The outdoor game, not canceled. Uh, did you... Uh, take uh, in any of the outdoor game on uh, January 1st. No. Um, <laughs> which, 
Which is a shame, because judging by the box score and everything I saw online, sounded like it was one of the best outdoor games of all time. Uh, but I did not watch it, mostly because I just don't generally watch the Winter Classic. Uh, I like that it exists, but it's like the worst day of the year for me to want to watch a hockey game, to be quite honest with you. So, I'm usually hungover, and if I'm not hungover, I want to sleep. Where do you fall on the argument of, uh, uh, bad marketing for the, uh, uh, the Winter Classic? Uh, the Leaf Senators game was at the same time. Um, a lot oh. of people complaining about, this is your marquee event, what are you doing? Well, that, I don't, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I suppose there's an argument to be made on both sides. It's not like, it's not like that's a completely idiotic, idiotic argument, but, you know, at the end of the day, there was one other game in the NHL, and it was, because uh, it was Saturday night, and it was Hockey Night in Canada. So, I... Wouldn't expect Hockey Night in Canada to show a Blues Wild game. Because uh, I would be pissed. Like, like honestly, even if it weren't the Leafs. If it were Habs, Jets. Uh, it's, you know what I mean? That I would rather watch than the Winter Classic. As far as Hockey Night in Canada goes. Um, so if you're going to have the game on a Saturday night, that's the risk you're going to run. So, that's sort of the NHL's doing. Um, but, I mean... Of the scheduling issues among NHL games, that one ranks like 380th uh, on the season for me. You know, like it's it's more so the uh, every Saturday we have no games all day until 7 o'clock and then we have 14 games and all that kind of shit. That drives me more up the wall where it's like super avoidable. Uh, this one is a tough one. If they're going to have the outdoor game at night, it's going to conflict with Hockey Night in Canada. Do you not have a Canadian team playing... Uh, maybe, but I don't know if Rogers wants to do that, and they certainly didn't. So that's just, I don't know. It's a tough one, I guess. Where would you stand, actually? I'm very curious on that one. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much in the same boat on like the whole idea there. Like the the Winter Classic to me is, it's a nice concept, but it is a American event. Um, I, I hate to say that because I, I, I like I do like the idea. Like I think it's a really cool event. It's it's a rare yeah. moment where the NHL can be unique and take advantage of different venues and really sell itself. I don't know if you would like say the same thing, but it's one of those events that exists that even though I don't uh, enjoy it for what it's worth, I would fight to the death to keep it existing. Like, I'm happy that it's there. It's just not something that I generally exactly. watch right. on a year-to-year -year basis. I'm happy that it's there, but it just happens to be on a day where I don't want to watch it. I'm glad other people do. I don't. And it's, it's not even so much the day for me. Like, I think it was a 7 o'clock puck drop on a day that I had off. I wasn't hungover at 7 o'clock at night. You know what I mean? Like, whatever I did the night before on New Year's Eve wasn't going to impact where I was at 7 o'clock the next day. Um, the, th the thing no, for I, me... I, I, sorry, I meant in a sure. general sense. This year sure. I wasn't hungover. The, the, thing, the thing for me is that I'm a Leaf fan, and I don't spend a lot of time watching non-Leaf games, especially 
the Minnesota Wild and the St. Louis Blues. So, for me to tune in just for the sake of saying that this is the outdoor game was not going to happen whether my team was playing or not. So if I'm not going to tune in anyway, mm-hmm. go ahead and schedule a Leaf game because I didn't watch that either. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm a Leaf fan. Yeah. I didn't watch yeah. either game. So it really didn't move the needle a lot in, in the big scheme of things. And I agree 100% with you in the sense that this is a unique uh, premier event for this league that they can sell and do it and keep doing it. And please, for the love of yeah. God, keep doing this thing because it is mm. interesting enough that it attracts viewers and it gets some of the conversation. Like the whole debacle at Lake Tahoe last year was its own issue where you couldn't figure out the ice. But if you can make this thing work in, like work year in and year out, keep going for it. I'm not gonna watch unless my team is playing. So that's that's just me being an old hockey fan. Yeah, not a new hockey fan. I want to sure. go to one. Like I, I really want to go to one. Um, I'm not actively trying to plan a trip to do it, but it is something I would like to do at some point. Is to go to at least one outdoor game of some kind, and ideally it would be a Winter Classic, just because that's the the big one, um, you know, I mean, like, at the end of the day, like, it's one of those things where the novelty, uh, some years, it's like hockey in general, like, some years the novelty is more than the game, but the odd time you do get a really, really good game, and it's like, wow, this is, uh, this is awesome, you know, like, the, the first Winter Classic they did was the biggest blessing they could have asked for, Sidney Crosby scores the fucking overtime winner, it's like, okay, okay, yeah, that's... Alright, I'm in. Like, that's cool, right? But, um... You know, they've had a lot of games where it's like a 2 nothing dud, and it's like, well... And I'm, I'm of the mind that they need fun. to start doing more of these things at neutral sites. Right? Like, Regina was a big success. Um, yeah. The Big House yeah. in Michigan. I know that's yeah, in it Michigan. It's, it's near Detroit, but also near Detroit is Toronto. Um, yeah, and, and it was... And, and that's a funny thing, too, is it was at the big house, but there looked to be more Leaf fans on TV yeah, to absolutely. me, anyway. Um, like, I would rather... I Honestly, I would rather see the league go, and instead of doing these, like, five or six preseason games, fucking schedule a New Year's Day outdoor game in Stockholm, Sweden. Go over, play an outdoor game in Sweden, and that's yeah. your marquee event come back you know um don't play the wild and blues in minnesota because it's just gonna be uh like the wild fans are gonna tune in the wild fans are gonna go you're not really drawing any new fans in the big picture um put a game in kansas city outdoors put a game in in new york or uh, sorry uh quebec outdoors like start playing with these markets that don't have nhl teams milwaukee blackhawks and wild in milwaukee unreal you're right in between both of those uh markets um go for it see what happens what 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 could go wrong yeah and and i i'm almost more intrigued by a neutral site game because as like a 
a non-fan of said teams, it's like, well, no, it's more just about the experience, right? You make the game a little, you know, a little yeah. cooler just by, for the fan experience, just to kind of get your casual fans in. and Because, um, you know, in, in almost every case, like, the fan base will travel, right? Like, if it's, a, you know, an outdoor game in Minnesota, uh, the Florida Panthers, yeah, all right, well, you might just want to have it in Minnesota and have the home crowd do their work because I don't know who's coming to see the Panthers, uh play in kansas right. city or some shit right but uh but like or this, anywhere sorry um but but you're right like if it's the rangers well i'm watching rangers versus vegas right now which both have fan bases that'll travel well uh and you want to do that in uh salt lake city or something i mean you're probably going to get more vegas fans because of the proximity you know, uh, yeah. G- geography yeah. of it but um but it, it would still be it's still a neutral site idea. It, right? like you, we had, what was it, two and a half years, three three years uh, from when Seattle was announced to when the Kraken started playing. You could have had an outdoor game in Seattle between Vancouver and the Kings. People yeah. would have went. And I'm not, yeah. I'm not suggesting that the Kraken are doing poorly in terms of, like, attendance, but it wouldn't have hurt regardless, right? It, that would have mm-hmm. driven up interest in the market so start doing that go beyond mm-hmm. i don't want to see the leafs like like the leafs and, and sabers playing in hamilton coming up in a couple months fantastic idea great idea so keep doing that shit forgot that yeah. was happening well it actually. might not because covid but we'll see well yeah mm-hmm. um <laughs> you know there was a long time while it might not because of COVID or it didn't happen because of COVID was depressing. And now I just find it funny. I don't know. It's like, it's like one of those, it's like a catchphrase you've heard too many times where you didn't like it before, but now it's like, ah, I've, I've heard that. It didn't happen because of COVID, you know? I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you found, found some joy. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm just going insane. Well, on that note, let's end with an overrated, underrated, favorite, least favorite. Um, we're doing the Eagles songs. Hmm. Not songs that involve Eagles, but... No. Or songs written by Eagles. No. But... Uh, true. So, Dirty Laundry by Glenn, Glenn Fry is not an option. Uh, nor is uh, Fly Like an Eagle by the Steve Miller mm-hmm. Band, who was not an eagle, but he did sing about an eagle. Uh, yeah, no, it has to be songs by the band The Eagles while they were together as The Eagles. Or just Eagles, I guess, not The Eagles. You're overrated, sir. <laughs> did you like my explanation I sure did. Um, my, oh, my overrated, it's easy, it's, it's, uh, it's Desperado. It's yeah, not very let's good. let's go! Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not very good, like, even, uh, like, it's not, like, it's not even just that it's overrated. It's not one of the good Beatles or Eagles songs. Sorry, like it's just not. Uh, I don't know. I don't really get the appeal, and it's supposed to be one of their best songs. It's a crowd pleaser. They will close shows with it uh, when they were touring and shit. Uh, it's not not for me. Yeah, I'm I'm really not a fan. Like. I I keep hearing it on the list of it's it's like that uh, it's like that hipster 
pick of like, oh, this this is a better Eagles song than Hotel California, and this is why. And it's like, shut shut the fuck up. Um, it, no, it's, it's not. Yeah, it's not good. Like, sorry, it's a fine song. I, I think, it's not a closing the night out when you're seeing no, the Eagles fine. for the first time in your life because the tickets are five thousand uh, dollars. Good. No. I at at the at the most you could close your main set with it. I wouldn't be down, but you could close your sure. main set with it. It should not be the closer no, of your encore under any circumstances. Nor should Hotel California just cuz it's too good. Uh don't I don't like when bands save their absolute best song for last. Like it should be mm-hmm. something up there, but like you know what I mean if I'm at an Eagles show and I've been there for like two hours forty five minutes. I'm pretty. I I I know Hotel California's coming. You know you don't need to save it for the end necessarily. Um, you know mix it up a bit. I think it. You know, I think it depends on something. what kind of band you are. You know what I mean? Like the Eagles are a band That's that fair. can can get away with a few different options. But like if if you're Lover Boy, you're fucking closing with working for the weekend. You know what I mean? Like like it or not, that's just well. I don't know how. I don't know how many encores Lover Boys doing these days, my <laughs> well, guy. Sure, but you know what I mean. Like, Honeymoon Suite is gonna close. I think they're with only get one girl crack now. at their set. Like it, that's just part of the gimmick now. That's it's it's gonna happen. Oh, I oh. watched. Um, who who's mm. the fucking guy that sings the? Ah, uh, 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 he. Fuck, he was at uh, the rock the 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 rock fest a few years ago, and uh, uh, the fo- the phone number. He's he plays the song with the phone. He played it like three times in the same set. Yeah, Tom, yeah, Tommy that's the one. Yeah, and it was like he opened yeah. with it. it was like, oh, that's crazy. Why would he open with that? He's got nothing else to play. And then like halfway through, he's like, oh, I'm gonna play this again. And then he closed with it. And it's like, oh, what? yeah. Oh, well, but, but I mean, when you're in a band of Eagles level fame, you know, like That's if you have yeah. a, yeah, there's exceptions to the rule. If you have a song, like the, the Eagles have a song in Hotel California that some could argue is the best song of all time. And it's just that, you know, that they're never going to play a 24 song set without including it. So I'd rather they just include it like where it belongs rather than just save it for the last for the sake of doing it. But where it's a band where like 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 say the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I don't know what you would argue their biggest song is or their best song or whatever. You know what I mean? So they they could close with whatever the hell they want and it's just like yeah, that that's a nice surprise because almost all their big hits it's be like if they just left it off the set list, I would be like, "Oh, well, I honestly didn't even notice it wasn't there." There are some bands where you can close with whatever you want, but the Eagles should mix Hotel California into the main set, I guess is what I'm saying. Don't close with Desperado. Yeah, please don't. Get none. Not good. No. You're underrated. Uh, one of these nights. Hey, same. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Wow. It's so good. It's such a good I'm song. I'm not like... I'm not going to suggest going four for four, but have we ever gone two for two? I don't think so. 
I don't. No. I don't think so. No. I don't know if we've gone. If we've had two of the same within the same UFO before. That's fair. Two for two. Yeah. No. One of these nights is uh, awesome. Like it's it's an Close awesome. Close that song. next time, Eagles. Try that. See, I think one of these nights is an opener. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Put it wherever. I don't know. Because it's just kind of, it's just kind of smooth. You know, you just kind of want one of these nights, and the bass is going. It's it's awesome. Um, but yeah, no, it's underrated. Like I, I would say, I don't know if everyone considers um, one of these nights as like a uh, top ten Eagles song necessarily. I think it's a top five for me. I, I think it's very, very, mm-hmm. very good uh, by a good band. So, um, yeah, I there think it's go. underrated. Um, dare I ask your favorite, sir? See, now there is a possibility because I have two. Um, what I would say is that uh, when we did our uh, our trip to uh, Winnipeg there and we did my, did my old top 75 list there, uh, good old uh, Take It Easy of course, makes an appearance on the list. And it is the only Eagles song that at that time uh, made an appearance on the list. So I would say Take It Easy has a special place in my heart. And it might be my favorite Eagles song. However, in the last couple of years, I have noticed that, uh, I guess through the first, like, let's say 27 years at the time of my life, I had never really closely listened to Life in the Fast Lane. To really appreciate how good of a fucking song it actually is. Uh, the guitar in that song, I love it. It's just funky. It's great. Uh, so I think it's a tie. If I had to pick one, I'd probably go Life in the Fast Lane. A little bit of recency bias. Okay. Uh, we're three for three. Uh, okay. It's Life in the Fast Lane. Let's um, go. Oh, it's a good that song. song good fires song. Me up. So much, yeah. Um, yeah, it does. I'm, I'm, I cannot. I, I actually, I have to switch it if it comes on while I'm driving, because I will put myself in harm's way <laughs> every time. Um, that it's a very, very song, good guitar riff. Kind of the opposite for me. Like that one goes back to my high school days. Fucking love that song. I've mm. been pitching to cover that song in my band since. Well, when we when we were doing covers, still. Mm. So, um, yeah. Wow, all time favorite Eagles song by a mile. I think my thing with Life in the Fast Lane is growing up. I would hear it on the radio, and I would only hear the chorus. And you know what I mean? Like when you're really not listening to a song and it's on in the background, it's underwhelming, right? Because it's it's not it's catchy. It's not super catchy. You know, like as a as far as a chorus yeah. goes, uh, but when you actually turn it up a little bit and listen to you know the guitar, the drums, what's actually happening in the song? It's not just four minutes of them going, "I've in the fast right. Like there's more to it. Um, so once you hear the whole song, it all sort of plays off of each other. And once I actually sat down and really, really gave it a few good listens. Yeah, it's awesome, and it grows on me every time I listen to it. Too, take so. uh, take twenty minutes, pick up your guitar, learn to play that one. Uh, hell of a lot of fun to play on the guitar as well. So, yeah, I understand that you just want someone to cover this song with James. I get it. <laughs> hey, you know what? Uh, come see Bruce and I at the Foundry. 
Uh, March 21st, we're going to play a collection of hits. Laced up a cover yeah. band. Life in the Fast Lane coming at you. That's our closer, just as it should be for the Eagles. Oh, my God. Wow. Can we go four yeah. for four, yeah. sir? Yeah. Um, my my um, least favorite. Well, mine's pretty oh, off the wow. board. Oh. Yeah. Okay. okay. My go least ahead. favorite is Witchy Woman. No, yeah. no, yeah, really? That oh, that's too bad. Cannot stand that song. <laughs> that's too bad. Wow, that's another one that that I didn't like it for a long time, and it has grown on me a lot. Um, it's certainly overrated. There's no question about that, though. Uh, that's too bad. Yeah, I like. I remember hmm. growing up. Again, I was kind of going through that phase of learning to appreciate music um and my dad is a huge eagles fan and it was like every time that it would come up it was like yeah hotel california but witchy woman and i just can't get past that song for some reason i've I've been scarred as a child perhaps i don't appreciate it for what it is willing to admit that but i just I, i really don't like it Okay. Um, well, if we were talking strictly their hits, uh, there's a there's are there are a few that I I maybe just don't love. Um, but if we're talking all time Eagles songs, who uh, I don't don't uh, particularly care for Funky New Year because uh, I can't get past the title even. I don't even know what that um, is. Yeah, they have a Christmas song. That's I mean, they have a few, but they have one called Funky, yeah, Funky New Year, not very good. Um, but I guess if I had to pick from their hits, ooh, it might be New Kid in Town. Um, yeah, just heard it too many times that uh, Metro didn't like it then. Then I found out it was the Eagles. I like it a little bit more now that I know it's the Eagles. Um... But yeah, it's not great. Mm. I got. I got to ask mm. you. Where, where do you fall? But I'll go where funky. Do you New fall Year. on heartache tonight. Didn't like it before. Like I it now. Hate the chorus, but I love every other part of that song. Yeah. Yeah. Um. The chorus is fine. Uh. I don't know. Yeah, it's never been one of my favorites either, necessarily. Like, those would be the two uh, big Eagles songs that I would say I don't really like. Uh, well, and Desperado, I guess. But, um, well, actually, Desperado's probably my least favorite song. We're really discussing it. But I just had to say that it's overrated, because I hate it so much. Um, something about it overrated, I think, is maybe more insulting than <laughs> than least favorite, honestly. Because who cares what I think? I'm saying everyone else is wrong on that one. Um, yeah, I don't know. Heartache tonight, it's it's grown on me. Yeah, I I used to not like it a lot. I still can't stand the chorus, but uh, that that bass drop where you get that dun dun yeah. f just I'm really it's it's hooked me in in my um, middle age years. Semi, semi middle aged okay. years, something like that. Whatever you want to frame middle, it as. Middle aged. I, 
Um, I would say with the Eagles that they don't have any songs that I fucking despise. I would say that even their songs that I don't like, there's something in it that I can at least appreciate. You know, like they're one of those bands that's so fucking good that they just don't really have any songs where I'm like, no, it's it's terrible. You know, um, there's something I can appreciate in all of them, and yeah, you're you're right with Heartache Tonight. Heartache Tonight's got some catchiness to it, and I don't know, even Funky New Year's got a decent bass line, but it's Hey, bad. now, Funky New Year, baby, and a happy Funky New Year to all I, of you for joining us on our first yeah, episode true. of 2022. Um, this, I guess, has been the Laced Up Hockey Podcast. I never told you. Did I say that I'm James Cool? No. Did we do that whole thing at the beginning? I don't remember. I introduced myself. I don't know if you ever did. Who cares? Who cares? I I might be dead up with COVID in a week. Who's who's to say? Uh... <laughs> well, I mean, if not, uh, hopefully we've got one next week because uh, there's nothing. Oh, else you'll to carry do. on without me. Uh, if James. If James has passed on, uh, me and Alex Hobson will have the show uh, going strong next it, week. It will I'm be sure. rebranded as Laced Up, a James Cole Memorial Podcast. Uh, he's your host, <laughs> Bruce Bataglia. You wish. And um, maybe I was never here, but who is to say? Okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Woof. Alrighty. Okay. Okay. See Bye.
If only we could see each other Promise I would never leave again